So guys, what is the very first thing you guys do when you go to a campsite? I got to thinking when, when, I, when we were doing rangers. So like the first thing you do to a campsite when you get to it. Uh, Just throwing it out there. What's the, like, what is the very first thing you do? For me, it's uh, open up a beer. It, it is literally crack a beer. Although to be fair, I will crack a beer uh, the moment that I'm on campsite grounds. Yeah. Yeah. The other option is to get my friend's truck unstuck. Yeah. Uh, no, the, the very first, like, the besides beer, the very first thing I do, I start looking at the trees. Where are the tarps going to go? Because that determines the entire layout. Yeah. 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 I would have said uh, prime tent spot. Oh, what, yeah. You're, you're, you're going to go grab the primo spot first? Yeah. 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 Everybody's cracking beers and you're pulling stuff out of the bag? Yeah. It's a mimic. The Roundtable Dungeons & Dragons discussion, where you never know what you're going to get. Welcome to another episode in our conversation on classes. I'm Adam, and with me today are Kyle and D to the A to the N to the YELL! Why would you yell? <laughs> because it says yell right at the end of your name. Anyway, I'm disappointed you guys didn't yell with me. Anyway, this episode is called <laughs> The Game Changer for Ranger Danger. We've previously covered the Beastmaster, Hunter, and Revised Ranger from Unearthed Arcana in our first Ranger episode, which started off with a breakdown of the regular class features and level progression. In our second Ranger episode, we went over the Gloomstalker, Horizon Walker, and Monster... I want to say Slocker because it all rhymes, but it's Slayer. Yep. Um, as well as the sections to Xanathar's Guide of Everything, which encouraged players to think about a Ranger's view of the world, homeland and Sworn Enemy. You can find these episodes as well as our other class episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and dozens of other podcast apps, or you can jump over to YouTube and dig into the entire playlist on classes that we've built there. This episode of the It's a Mimic podcast is going to return to Rangers, but we've got to break up the mold for our class-based episodes a little bit and focus on the updates from Tash's Cauldron of Everything. There are a lot of new updates and variants for the Ranger, and the Beastmaster gets some new companions too, so, string your bow, whistle to your wolf, and don your furs because it's time to revisit Rangers once again. But, before we start, guys, I got a question. Kyle and Dan, what experiences do you guys have playing or DMing Rangers in 5th edition? I have DMed with one. I ha I've DMed two. And I have... I was one of them, I You believe. were one of them, yeah. yeah. And you were a Gloomstalker? Oh, yeah. 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 Um, and, uh, you have forever tainted some of the spells that rangers get because of that. Brought up some painful memories going through the breakdowns for today. Um, and... Taint. Um, when I first joined your campaign, there was a Horizon Walker... Yes. ...in the group yeah. who, who was incredibly effective. But I have never... That was tier three, though. Yeah, that was tier three. I've never played... A ranger in 5e, but they were one of my favorite classes in 3.5 and Pathfinder and all that. So They used to be really good up until 5th edition. We'll talk about that in a second. Kyle, have you played alongside any? Or? Uh, no, not yet. I wanted to play a Gloomstalker back when it was still Unearthed Arcana, but Dave shot me down. So. <laughs> uh, this is too powerful. I don't uh, like it. And then they release it and it's worse. The, the UA. Yeah, but it should be a little bit worse. Hmm. Worse in the other direction. It was more... Uh, Gloomstalker is one of those ones that, as the UA, is worse than the released version. Like, oh, it got more powerful? Them. Yeah. I do not pay any attention to UA, except the Revised Ranger, because the Ranger in the 5th edition sucks compared to the other classes. Now, remember... I mean, this is not going to be news to anybody that listened to a D&D &D podcast. 
but there are really three different ways that you can get your bits and pieces about building a character. One is your class, two is your background, and three is your subclass. The subclasses are relatively weak for Ranger. There's really, what, two or three obvious go-to um, backgrounds, like the um, Soldier, the Outlander, and the uh, Hermit, right? Those ones tend to be the Ranger ones, and they all kind of overlap and double up with just Ranger shit you get anyway. Mm -hmm. And then the class itself was weak, and we're going to talk about that really in depth today. And then Tashes came out because Wizards was actually listening. They were paying attention to all of the complaints in the online community and whatnot. Um, and they know that everybody just immediately started disregarding Ranger. Like you said, Dan, it was so popular in previous editions. Oh, yeah. It, it, was, it was up there with your clerics and your um, rogues. Yeah. With the most favored class. Yeah. And it could be, depending on your, your progression and your... Um, prestige classes and whatnot you could become as powerful as some artificers and myst uh, mystic thurges and like there was some really powerful nonsense yep uh and the ranger kept pace with a lot of it and then fifth ed came and it's like they pulled it back but they pulled it back too far well i mm. honestly it's they built a class to take care of exploration and then the system of 5e when it was initially released was not that great at supporting exploration well, they realized nobody wanted to play it. Nobody wanted to play Exploration anymore. Exploration was the first third of every campaign in original D&D. To the mm -hmm. point where you would pull out, um, I'm trying to run Chainmail. The game Chainmail, where um, this was your, your battle and your war and your exploration tactics. Were, they, they didn't even include them in the D&D books. Mm -hmm. They just said, hey... Play Chainmail, and when you're done, start D&D &D with the characters, right? Because it did everything you needed it to do. It got you from the tavern or your quest giver, which was usually tavern or wizard, right? To the mouth of the dungeon. And that was it. All that overland travel, all that other shit got you there, and you were done. That's it. And then nobody wanted to play with it at all. Um, we've just moved further and further away from it in 3.5, and then the gamified level of like the video gamified level of uh mechanics and shit in fourth edition made it so that it was combat oriented and now thanks to critical role and the adventure zone and other um dnd shows we're getting a lot of role playing but nobody's interested in looking under the rock or going camping anymore right yeah. like so but i mean th that was back in, the, in like the 70s and stuff where your idea for a weekend away was going out into the woods with your friends People don't do that anymore, right? No, they hop on a plane to Mexico or something. Yeah, or, or they hop online. <laughs> <laughs> that was an unintentional dig. I'm sorry. As it was escaping, Kyle just got back from Mexico, y'all. So like, I go camping. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kyle. Sure. And by camping, fly. I mean just drinking in the woods. Yes, that is what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Passing out, waking up at dawn, and starting again. Right. So, yeah. so they clearly built the role playing classes. For example, the Bard um, and uh, a Warlock is very clearly a class that's meant to be heavily role-played, where there are some that don't really lean as far into that. Like, I could make arguments that Fighter is a little bit too vanilla. Yep. Um, or even Wizards are, hey, I know magic, I'm all about my magic spells and my versatility and my mechanics, and not so much about the the flavor of the class yeah I, I find when you play a wizard you have a character who's so dependent on their book so their nose gets stuck in it a lot yeah so they don't interact with people but when it comes to exploration we got really two we got 
well, three, I could argue. Um, you got the Ranger, which does it all and does it better than anybody else. The Rogue, which does it in a very unique, stealthy way. And the Monk, that just moves a whole lot faster. And these are your exploration guys. And that's, that's it. Not even the Druid really explores. They command the battlefield. They commune with nature thematically. But they don't lean into the exploration pillar. Yeah, yeah. So... When you look at the monk and the rogue, they don't really lean into it mechanically either. They have movement speed and flavor, but no real mechanics to support it. So there's just the ranger, and that's why the ranger fell so far behind. Since then, we've had the artificer come in and... Or as Terry says, the artificer. Or the artificer. Um, And its focus on tools has really opened up the door to exploration a little bit more. Just not like overland exploration, much more like uh, problem solving and... Um, that kind of yeah. And look, there are little bits and pieces. Uh, we have the scout, obviously, which for some fucking reason is a rogue mm-hmm. subclass and not a ranger. It just baffles me. But like, there are some out there that exist that makes you go, "Oh, hey, you know what? This is tied to Lansima. Most of the druid shit should be exploratory to some degree." Hell, if you can suddenly turn into a bird and fly around, maybe you should get some. Some boons for that. You know what? Fuck it. Moving yeah. on. So let's sit down and look at what the ranger used to be and then what it is now. And we're going to focus on the Beastmaster companion at the end of the episode. Um, but before we go really any further, we kind of need to know what they've got in their tool bag. One of the things that we've never discussed before was their spell list. Yeah. Dan, you want to take us away on this one? Uh, well, rangers for spell list, like... Every single time I see a ranger, they're a martial class, and very regularly people tend to ignore or forget the fact that they have spells at all, right? But they are, in fact, a fifth-level spell casting class, or as we call it, a three-quarter caster. No, that's a half-caster. Or a half-caster, yeah. Mm. Um, So, like, they do have a lot of spells, but the thing about rangers, uh, outside of, like, the paladin, which is the equivalent on the other end of the spectrum, is... uh, there's not a lot of uses they have within their class mechanics to use their spell slots, so they'll actually use their spells. And they have a lot of unique spells to their class because of this, okay? So, uh, Player's Handbook gave us a bunch, Xanathar's gave us a little bit more, Tasha's gave us a little bit more. Yeah, there was a smattering list. here and there, but they've been collected in these books. Yeah, so, yeah. so um, rather than break them down by level entirely, we're going to break them down by origin. Yeah, by book, because I mean, book. you may not have one of the books, Exactly. Right? So. So, uh, like you said, they're first level casters. They don't get cantrips. Um, so they start right away with first level spells. And I'm just going to knock this one off because this is the one every hunter is going, or sorry, every ranger is going to take. It is the hunter's mark. Um, it's kind of the spell all other ranger spells are hinged on, right? So the hunter's mark is a bonus action cast, only requires a verbal, uh, uh, component and has a range of 90 feet. To hit whatever you're hitting. It is a concentration for one hour as a base level spell. As a first level spell. Um, And basically what it does is a creature you can see within that 90 foot range is marked by you magically. And this, by the way, is a divination spell. Which is important. When you deal damage to the target with any weapon attack at all, you deal more damage. It's 1d6 more. Okay. You are also really good at finding the target with advantage on perception and survival rolls. Uh, regarding them 
And if the target takes more ouchies than their hit point pool will allow, before the end of the spell, you could use your bonus action on your next turn to move that mark to another target. Now, as a third or fourth level spell, the duration of the concentration goes from one hour to eight hours, which means you could have a target for up to eight hours. As a fifth level spell slot, however, this goes to a solid 24 hour stretch that you could concentrate on the spell. So this allows you to hunt people through cities, and if they get a head start on you, you can yeah, catch yeah, up. Yeah, you can kind of pinpoint your way through them, uh, uh, toward them. You have advantage on all your checks to hunt them down. That's what this is good for, okay? Honestly, this is the single best spell that the ranger gets. Every, but look, there are more uh, powerful ones. There are more interesting ones, but this is your utility spell that has dropped every combat of every game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, an argu- argument can be made for Zephyr Strike, but... Yeah, but you can also stack them. Yep, that's true too. Right, so, and this this moves from target to target to target. So Right, and so we'll get into Zephyr Strike in a little bit here, but everything else that we're looking at is really going to stack up against Hunter's Mark. Yeah. Anytime that you would use a bonus action for a feature, anytime you would use a spell slot, think about would Hunter's Mark be better or worse than this? Because this seems to be the gold standard when it comes to... Ranger spells. Okay. So let's break them down. At first level, uh, starting off alphabetically, you get Alarm, which is uh, which allows you to know whenever a tiny or larger creature, excluding creatures of your choice, cross a threshold that you determine. It'll ping you up to a mile away if you prefer a mental alarm, but if you prefer an audible alarm, it's 10 seconds of cowbell, audible for up to 60 feet. Okay. Okay. Animal Friendship is Charm Person, but for animals and with a 24-hour long duration. Multiple beasts can be affected with this with higher spell slots. Okay. Cure wounds. Burr goes the heels, but only if you touch them. Okay. Burr goes the heels, but only if you touch them. Yes. So you heal for 1d8 plus your spellcasting modifier. It is the most widely used cure spell there is. Right. Yeah. In heal spell there is. It, it, it's one of the more basic spells in D&D. I was just judging you for how you worded it. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, detect magic is clearly just detects magical auras. Okay. Detect poison and disease is detect poison, venom, or overly promiscuous bards within 30 feet of you. <laughs> okay? That's yep. disease, by the way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, ensnaring Strike gives you a, a bonus action cast that allows your next weapon attack, by the way, next weapon, any weapon attack, and the target gets ensnared with magical tentacle. I mean vines. These vines have thorns and will do damage to the affected target every round until they bust out. Okay. So you hit them with a sword, they get wrapped up. Fog cloud, you get uh, sorry, fog cloud, you get to show your party members how annoying Commissioner uh, sorry, you get to show your party members how annoyed Commissioner Gordon is at Batman on a nightly basis. Oh, just cuz <laughs> just smoke ball. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good berry, put uh put the up to 10 berries in your mouth and you'll heal uh one hit point each. Mhm. Yep. Is one of those berry white or berry manilow? Or oddly enough Bill Hader. That's not a berry, Dan. It is a berry. Anyways, uh, he plays Barry. It's the character. Oh, uh, uh. Next, you get Hail of Thorns, <laughs> which is a bonus action, uh, which grants a which a ranged weapon hit grants a small radius of additional arrows of damage. <clears throat> Next, you get Hunter's Mark. We already described that. After that, you get Jump, which a creature you touch gets three times as springy for a minute, like I did with my old Air Jordans before they ran out of air. The pump-up ones, Yeah, the pump-up ones. Yeah, yeah. Long Strider, which is a creature or more at higher levels you touch, gets 
Uh, triple shot caramel macchiato pumped directly into their veins and goes 10 feet faster for an hour. Caramel macchiato? You couldn't go with like an espresso? I went triple shot caramel macchiato for the caffeine and the sugar. All right, Dan. Okay. Okay, fuck. I mean, you crash after an hour. God, I hope so. I am regretting. I'm I'm doing this to make you regret asking me to break down spells. Yeah. 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 (sighs) Fuck. How many did it take? Four? (laughs) <laughs> oh, I'm not done yet. Anyways, you also get at first level speak with animals, which is where you get to speak to beavers, uh, but not the way your girlfriend has asked you to. At second level, no. you get... Now we roll initiative to talk about... Oh. So that's what we get for first level. Okay, so you went through that list really fucking quickly here. So just to remind everybody, because the fucking word vomit that just came out of your face. Alarm... Animal friendship, cure wounds, detect magic, detect poison and disease, ensnaring strike, fog cloud, good berry, hail of thorns, hunter's mark, jump, long strider, and speak with animals. Yeah. What is, in your opinion, let's roll initiative, which one is the unsung hero? So not hunter's mark. Okay. I got a 15. Oh, that's a 20. I got a 12. Okay. Uh, you know what? I might have to go with ensnaring strike. Yeah. I just kind of, I like the feel of it. You like the thorny tentacles? Yeah. Um, right? Like it traps them, so they're restrained, and it's dealing damage. And it deals damage, damage to them, yeah. And if they fail their strength check over and over and over again, it could last up to a minute. Yeah. Right? Um, for me, it's long strider. The lack of uh, concentration required on it for an hour of 40-foot movement, yeah. I, I it, it is one of the most useful utility spells in the game, in my opinion. If I get the opportunity to use it, I'm using it. I gotta say Goodberry. Goodberry is an automatic get back up. You're no longer doing death saves. And you can cast it way before combat and hand them out to everybody. Yeah, and they last an, a full day before they just wither to nothing. Yeah, so this is a really good utility spell. And also, you can hand out a little bit of healing to an NPC and become a little god in their eyes for relatively little. For one-tenth of a spell slot. Like, yeah. Goodberry for me. All right. Okay, I have a question about using Goodberry on an unconscious player. Yep. Though, right? Because, I mean, you have to get them to swallow it. Can you use a... Do you have to baby bird them? Like, do you have to chew it up and then spit it in their mouth and then... Oh, will a um, potion of healing work on an unconscious person? Yeah, but, I mean, that's a liquid. It'll just go down. I, I just squeeze the juices in. Yeah. That That's yeah. how I would do it. Yeah. I also, it's also magic. So you can put it in their mouth and slam their jaw closed with a slap underneath the chin. With a the the fuck with you, that? my glasses. I'm going to make my players baby bird them. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> they need to be chewed up for yeah. <laughs> I'm just picturing Ace Ventura. I forget which one it is where he's doing that to the baby birds. I think mm. it's the second one. He's climbing the cliff. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's not the worst part of that movie I could be referencing. <laughs> All right, Dan, take us to second level spells from the PHP. Second level spells, you get Animal Messenger, Bark Skin, Beast Sense, Cordon of Arrows, Dark Vision, Find Traps, Lesser Restoration, Locate Animals or Plants, Locate Object, Pass Without Trace, por- uh, Protection from Poison, Silence, and Spike Growth. Now, to break those all down with Animal Messenger... You have an animal deliver a message of up to 25 words in your voice to someone one day, which is up to 25 to 50 miles, depending on the animal, away. More days for higher spell slots. Okay? So hold on. A cat could just run up to you and be like, in my voice, fuck you, Dan. Yeah. 
Nice. Yeah. That's the I thing, would right? be studying mosquitoes. It, and it is it is like an audible recording of your voice. It's not like a little note that you tie to the animal. It yeah. like records that and it just goes. And eventually it'll get to them. You would hear me say, I just lost the game. Yeah. Next you get bark skin, uh, which gives you thicker skin to deal with shitheads like Adam. But you get to grant one hour of bark-like skin to anybody, uh, including yourself if you wanted to. Uh, making their AC a minimum of 16, regardless of the type of armor they wear. I really feel like the DMs need to lean into that a little bit more so that your skin gets rough textured and grows and cracked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, the old Neverwinter Nights 2 game, when you cast bark skin, your entire character just became this brown bark covered cre- like monstrosity. Armor, details, everything was that same bark color. Oh, did armor too. Yeah. I I would like the idea of the skin as well. So it's like, man, that's going to chafe under your armor and shit. Like, it's not going to be good. You're going to be splintering every time you run. Ugh, yikes. So with beast sense, you get to basically warg through a willing animal senses for up to one hour. You can't control where they go, but you can see and smell what they see and smell. Okay. Okay. Um... Next, you get Cordon of Arrows, which is like Alarm, but far more ouchy for the pass- uh, for the Trespasser. You basically plant some arrows around you, and if someone you don't designate gets within 30 feet of that arrow, they get arrowed by the arrow. Okay? Dark Vision uh, is for your human halfling or dragonborn, for fucking reasons, rangers. Um, they get to see 60 foot in the dark for eight hours with no concentration. It's Dark Vision, like the ability. Mm-hmm. Okay? You're okay. Um, next you get fine traps, which is 120 foot alert for something the bard will stumble into anyways. Um, this (laughs) includes magical traps or wards. You also don't know where the trap is specifically, only that one exists within range. Within 120 feet. Yeah. This is not going to be helpful because what is that, 12 stories? Yeah. When you are in the middle of the Tomb of Horrors, hold on, I will cast fine traps. There are limitations based off thickness of walls and stuff around you. All right. But... This isn't like a thing you keep up. It is an instantaneous spell. Oh, you you just ping out sonar. Yeah, okay. yeah. and and it it you just get a little blip saying yes. Relatively useless in my fucking opinion. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's fucking garbage. Anyways, let uh, let's go with a useful spell then. Lesser restoration, which lets you touch a creature to cure up to one disease or the blinded, deafened, paralyzed, or poisoned conditions. Okay. Locate animals or plants lets you sense a specific type of animal or plant within five miles. You then know the distance and direction to that thing. Okay, so type of animal, just for example, it's like wolf, it's not like mammal. Well, it would be like a dog. Okay, so, all right. I'm just wondering how specific you have to... Up to DM discretion, really, right? If you go mammal, though, I mean, how does it know... Which one you're looking for. Exactly. Yeah. You have yeah. to be more well, that, That's what I was asking. You, could you say dog or Sharpe, right? Mm. Yeah. And and you don't have to be necessarily familiar with the animal, unlike the spell Locate Object, which uh, you basically functions like Locate Animal, except you need to be familiar with the object, and it's only within a thousand feet of you, rather than the five miles that Locate um, Plants or Animals is. All right. So this is going to be more useful for dungeons. Uh, uh, yes. Um, this can also, uh, sense a type of item as well, if you're not too picky. So say you're just like, shit, our thieves tools broke. We just need thieves tools. When you are escaping prison, where's the armory? Yeah, right? Okay. That's, that's what this is going to be used for. Pass without a trace, which is for an hour. Each creature you choose within 30 feet of you gets a plus 10 to stealth and cannot be tracked other than by magical means. Sure. Okay. 
Um, you get protection from poison, which allows you to neutralize and grant advantage versus uh, poisons, as well as resistance to poison damage for one hour, no concentration. That's useful. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Yeah, unless you have a paladin in the party. Yeah, it's a no concentration that makes it for me. Though. Yeah, yeah. Um, next, you get silence, which is a 20-foot radius sphere of silence on a point you choose within 120 feet of you. It nullifies thunder damage, and creatures within the sphere take the deafened condition. But most importantly, verbal components to a spell don't work. Yeah, okay? Andy. Yeah. Finally, for second level, you get spike growth, which is a 20-foot radius sphere of painfully rough ground on a point up to 150 feet away from you. It's 10 minutes of concentration. However, it is important to note that this effect is camouflaged and requires a perception check versus your spell save to know about, to be able to see. Okay. okay. So that's all the second level spells from the player's handbook. All right. So same order. Kyle, you first. Which one of these do you, like, stand out for you as being the best? The one that piques your interest the most? Uh, my short-term memory isn't that good. And I all right. Okay. Let's go through it again. Animal Messenger, Bark Skin, Beast Sense, Cordon of Arrows, Dark Vision, Find Traps, Lesser Restoration, Locate Animals or Plants, Locate Object, Pass Without Trace, Protection from Poison, Silence, and Spike Growth. I mean, Silence is just... I think I would have to go Silence. I think it has the most utility. Silence? The Silence spell got me a uh, Strahd's um, uh, cape, actually. Because when we were playing in Curse of Strahd, I cast Silence upon the brooch that kept his... uh, uh, the point that I chose was on the surface of the brooch that kept his cape clasped. And so he could no longer cast spells and oh. suddenly panicked and ripped the cape off and fled. Hmm. And so I got Strahd's cape. I walked around for about a session and a half with it. And then that was a bad idea. The villagers did not like me. So, <laughs> Dan, which one for you? Uh, spike growth. Yeah. Um, it, especially that little hidden note where it is um, hidden. It's camouflaged. And some, to just to see it, people have to... Uh, roll a perception check or they will miss it your perception your spell save dc is going to be higher than most people's passive perception so unless people are looking for it they will not see it and will walk into this thing spike okay. growth is battlefield control yeah there's a lot of battlefield control yeah, going on there here. Yeah. uh for me it's got to be uh pass without trace this was used so effectively against all of my npcs that were hunting or following my party yeah the number of times that I have had party members or or the party try to get away from whatever it is or have to hide on the side of the road to let the enemy army go past or just to sneak past the guards, right? Pass without trace is great because plus 10 to stealth negates the paladin's bullshit. <laughs> yep. When you get disadvantage with heavy armor on stealth checks, disadvantage is, remember, for our purposes on the podcast, they're getting too mathy about it. It acts as a minus four on average. You can assume it'll be minus four with disadvantage. That plus ten overshadows that shit by a by, a by sight. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so for third level, we have conjure animals, conjure barrage, daylight, lightning arrow, non-detection, plant growth, protection from energy, speak with plants, water breathing, water walk, and wind wall. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's go through them. Conjure animals, which is. Uh, which allows you to call the equivalent of two CR worth of beasts to help you for an hour and command them with no action. You could just verbally yell at them, and it's not even a reaction. You could just do it. Uh, quick question. How many CR0 creatures can you get with that? 
Um, so the breakdown says one CR two, two CR ones, and yeah. it goes all the way down to eight CR quarters. Okay. So no, eights are eight CR. Yeah, eight CR quarters. So yeah, it'd be sixteen eights, but it doesn't give us that on the list. Um, yeah, it doesn't give us that on the list. List, and I would just go. Eight maximum, don't make it fucky. Yeah, yeah. right, because okay. the second you're asking me to pull 16 or 32 miniatures out of a board, I'm I'm throwing them at you. Sure. Yeah, Especially yeah. if I have to move them all individually and they all get their own actions. Uh, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. It, and, and I could command them all. Like, you're not a swarm lord in this sense. Yeah, yeah. I, everybody else at the table gets up for a smoke break, right? Yeah. Like, they're yeah. just done. Yeah, so, no, stop it at eight. One interesting thing to note about conjure animals is that you get twice as many uh, that can be summoned if you use a 5th level slot, which you get around 17th level. Okay. Okay. Uh, next is Conjure Barrage, which uh, is where you take one arrow and make many arrows out of it in a 60-foot cone as an action. Cool. Okay. I like that. Yeah. Uh, next is Daylight, which is a 60-foot sphere of light that harms vampires and gets rid of magical darkness. Okay. Lightning Arrow, which I could hear Brad's erection from here. Um, is the next range attack becomes a lightning bolt that does 48 damage on a hit, half on a miss with no save, okay? Uh, also, creatures within 10 feet of the bolt get a save for a possible 2d8 more lightning damage. Pretty good. Next is non-detection, which is uh, a spell that allow you to hide from those pesky divination spells for up to 8 hours. Next is plant growth, which... Get that bone meal ready and grow that mega spruce that you because you've only got birch and who actually likes birch? That's a Minecraft reference, everybody. And to be honest, I like birch. Anyways, we're moving on. If an action is you used, son of a birch. <laughs> if an action is used to cast this spell, vegetation within a hundred foot radius of a point within a hundred feet of you now costs double dangerous terrain. Basically, every foot is four feet of movement rather than the normal two with dangerous terrain. Okay. Now, if you cast this over eight hours of time, however, plants grown within a half-mile radius grow twice as well for a year. It specifically says that even, like, uh, fields of, uh, fields of, like, grain and stuff will have a, will have double the yield for a year if you cast this as an eight-hour casting time spell. It, like, as a ritual? Uh, it just says you could cast it as an action or as eight hours. All right. So, yeah. Uh, next is Protection from Energy, which is a one-hour concentration spell to be resistant to one type of elemental damage. Okay? Mm. Ne uh, after that is Speak with Plants, which is when you get to speak with wood, but not the way your boyfriend has asked you to. Now, you can also get limited control over plant life. What does it sound like when you speak with wood, Dan? I, I, I don't know. Uh, you... Also, get limited control over plant life. Dan's knowledge just grew. <laughs> <laughs> getting getting bushes to move into the way for the duration of the spell or other stuff, depending on your DM. Um, this works on the Entangle spell and plant creatures as well. Like, you could talk to the Entangle spell. Sorry, and you said and plant creatures? And plant creatures. Oh, oh, I thought you were telling me to plant creatures. No, you Pl could speak so, to yeah, plant yeah, creatures. Yeah, yeah, not, not the verb, the adjective. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, next is Water Breathing, where up to 10 creatures can do their best Kevin Costner for 24 hours. For 24 hours? For 24 hours. They'll build it and then you'll come? N no. Wrong no. movie. Wrong, wrong movie. Wrong movie. <laughs> They'll grow gills and be able to swim underwater. Oh. Uh, and run away from Dennis Hopper. Oh. Uh, swim away from Dennis Hopper? 
That movie I, I gave you, me nightmares when I was a kid. Away Did it really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it was the guy in the oil tank down beneath the main. Like, that guy was creepy and weird. I haven't seen it in probably twenty years. We're talking about Waterworld, y'all. Yeah, no, it's still like that's not even top tier, Kevin. Why would you go there, man? That's below the Postman. Is it? Yes. Postman at least had Tom Petty in it for no reason. Next is Waterwalk, where up to 10 creatures do their best Jesus for up to one hour. Includes walking over quicksand, lava, or snow, which is uh, part of the Bible I must have missed. (laughs) Okay, all right. (laughs) Uh, Next is Windwall, which will basically nullify your combat effectiveness for up to one minute. No, it, it, it basically you could create a wall of intense wind to keep out fog, smoke, small birds, or wizards with bad constitutions. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, I have to clarify something because I think you got a thing wrong. Oh, what? Daylight. Daylight specifically says a 60-foot radius sphere of light spreads out from you. It does not say sunlight. They have errated that since. It is, it is actually sunlight. Okay, was this just Jeremy Crawford's Twitter account? Because Sage no, no, this count. this was this was literal errata. I believe it's because I ended up in a twenty-five minute screaming match with Terry during the Curse of Strahd campaign about specifically this spell, and then we ended up looking up Sunbeam and Sunburst, and I think it's, I think Sunburst is the only one that specifically says the word daylight in it, which is what you need. But the other one does radiant damage, and this is neither, so it was ruled against me. So if this has been errated. I'm mad about it because I lost that argument, and that was the one argument of my life that I lost. That's not true. This is all the third level spells, by the way. We're done. Okay. Uh, Kyle, which one stands out to you? Um, I mean, I like Lightning Arrow and Conjure Barrage for the damage possibilities, but I think I would have to go with Plant Growth because I really like it for its RP... Potential. Yeah. Especially being able to cast it over eight hours. Yeah. For me, um, and uh, this is not just because I hear Brad's erection, but Lightning Arrow is a fantastic spell. The fact that your next range attack becomes a lightning bolt that is not even a save or half. It's a a full damage if you hit or half if you don't. Mm -hmm. Right? Like that person is taking minimum 2d8 lightning damage regardless of you hit that spell or not. So I, I really, really like that. I also like the fact that everything around... it's Lightning Arrow is more powerful than Lightning Bolt in some ways. So that's me. Lightning Arrow. Can I climb rain with Water Walk? No. Can I climb a waterfall? Yes. Water Walk, then. Uh, danger, difficult terrain, at least. I would make it difficult terrain, but oh, I'd make yeah, it well, I make mean, it It's a climb check, right? Like, it's, yeah. it's going to be yeah. at half movement speed anyway, right? But, yeah. like... I can climb a waterfall with it. Sure. Not, not not necessarily the droplets in the air, but the wet. Yeah. Even if it's super smooth, I, I can still climb up. I, I, it I is would, magic, right? Here, here's yeah. what I would say. The surface uh, the surface uh, mass, I guess, the surface size must still be something that could hold your weight. So like a raindrop wouldn't be able to hold your weight because there's nothing really supporting it. But a waterfall... If you envision that as being like ice. You have just drawn a line in physics arbitrarily. Yes. Because that is how water fucking works. Yes. Dan. That is how water that, like that is, Yes. God damn, Dan. <laughs> and can we just back up to the fact that it wasn't just because of Brad's erection that you liked it? So Brad's erection is part of this equation? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Can we please stop talking about that? Anything that brings that man joy, I'm happy with. So we'll just move on to fourth level spells. Sure. We get Conjure, Wood, uh, Conjure Woodland Beings. Freedom of movement, grasping vine, locate creature, and stone skin. 
Ooh, far fewer now. Far fewer for fourth mm-hmm. level. Conjure woodland beings let you uh, conjure animals like conjure beasts. Uh, sorry, lets you conjure like conjure animals does. Except these creatures are actually fey. You could have fey creatures here. The same CR two limitation exists though. Okay, and there are a lot of like low CR fey creatures. So exactly, that's actually fairly useful. Yeah. Um, next, you get freedom of movement, which uh, sorry, are they friendly to you? Yes. So even if they're an evil creature with crazy-ass abilities, they're still on your side. Yes. Bitchin'. Okay. So freedom of movement is next, which uh, allows movement in no way... um, Sorry. Which allows movement to in no way be hindered or slowed for one hour with no concentration. This is... uh, This makes the creature that this is cast on effectively immune to paralyzed and restrained condition and... Water also doesn't slow you down, but you still float, damn it. Okay, all right, hold on. Two things. One, does gust of wind or anything else slow you down then? No. Okay, because it, it, it says in no way hindered or slowed yeah. down. Okay. Um, so can you be knocked prone? Uh, yes, but it takes only five feet of your movement to get out of one of these. Like, like you can be grabbed by something as well, but it only costs you five foot of your movement to get out, away from it. That's That's not how that works. You have to make a strength check. That is with free. Oh, you just like slip free. Yeah. Right? Oh, okay, cool. Uh, my other question is, you can cast this on others? Yes. Very useful now. Yeah. You put this on a monk or a rogue or a barbarian with all Never. Their... Never getting touched. Yeah. Never being held down. Yeah. Yeah. Next is an alternative to this, uh, which is Grasping Vine. Um, the opposite. Yeah. Which is the opposite, yeah. Uh, basically, as a bonus action, you create a vine that will grasp a creature of your choice within 30 feet of it and pull it 20 feet towards itself. This lasts for one moment, uh, for one minute and uses your bonus action each turn to direct. Okay? Next, you get Locate Creature, which is like o- Locate Object, just with living stuff and still within 1,000 feet of you. Now, this can be specific or the closest of a type. So you can be like, where's the closest goblin? Where's the closest unicorn, right? If they're within 1,000 feet of you, you'll know. Finally, you have Stone Skin, which is not a better version of Bark Skin. This gives your character resistance to bludgeoning, slashing, and piercing damage for one hour and costs 100 gold of diamond dust that the spell consumes. Okay, that's it. Okay. Again, I got to go back because I've been Googling now because I'm so angry about this daylight nonsense. You got it backwards. Jeremy Crawford says 100% that is not how it is. Oh, really? Yeah, and there is no errata for it. As a matter of fact, it is all over the internet that no, this does not affect vampires. Fuck you. It is not sunlight. That's dumb. Yeah. It is at my table. Fuck it. You just get it so early. Level three, though, to wipe out Strahd? Uh, Third level spell? That's... That's that's early. That's my that's my argument for no, it shouldn't. Well, okay, but when when is what level are you fighting, Strahd? Oh, I don't know. Every time that that bastard shows up, yeah. I mean, he makes an appearance early, doesn't he? He does. Right as soon as you get out of the uh, first village, you see him. Right, and you want your ranger potentially to end the campaign. Your ranger's not going to be high enough level to cast this. This is a third level spell, which they get a ninth level, I guess. But like. I don't know. That seems really early and really easy to yeah, do. Yeah, I think other I mean, spoiler classes for... will get it much earlier, too. So if it is, right? I like, mean, uh, third level spells, so fifth level? For a cleric, yeah. Oh. Like, uh, I, I like that it doesn't do it. Especially because, I mean, spoiler for Curse of Strahd here. 
there's a freaking MacGuffin to give you the ability to essentially have daylight, like the actual like sunlight, yeah, um, which can hinder straw. Like that's a major part of the campaign is getting this item to be able to just blow a third level spell slot. Yeah, shouldn't we put in a spoiler warning there? No, no. I, I, Curse of Strahd came out so long ago, and literally everyone has either played it or read it or is dumb. I haven't. Well, done Kyle. either. So <laughs> thanks. <laughs> also, editing one episode, like just spoiled an entire thing for me. Oh, which one? like if you're gonna play this, stop listening now. Uh, you, you should you should send us a message when that shit's gonna happen. Was it a Mad Mage thing? Because you're playing Mad. No, Mage? not Mad Mage. Luckily. Uh, one was Candlekeep, but it's just for one adventure. Yeah, sure, okay. And since we're playing... Was it the Hags episode? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Fuck. Yeah, fuck. We just <laughs> blew the fucking lid off of that Candlekeep adventure. <laughs> Which is fine, because we're passing around the DMing, so... So you should DM that yeah, one. That, okay. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. All right, so, okay, in order, again, Kyle, Conjure Woodland Bay... Oh, it was another Hags episode that you guys ruined. It was the... Wild Beyond the Witchlight. Oh, yeah, we do that as well. Yeah, I mean, we did say spoiler warnings for that one, but I but you were yeah, editing it. But I was editing it. Yeah. <laughs> was that the one where I talked about the Gepetophile? Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, good times. I've got some real questions about Disney movies, by the way. Like some real fucking issues. For example, here's another one that drives me nuts. Prince Eric. Oh, first of all, Little Mermaid in that little normal size. Anyway, moving that side. Prince Eric. Is like the prince of a of like a coastal seafaring community and whatnot, and they're getting married. What is he serving for dinner? Fish. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. It, 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 well, it, what does a mermaid eat in the first place? Fish. Yeah. They all have personalities. They speak. A fish is her best freaking friend. Yeah. Also, I mean, there's a lot of rapey vibes coming off Prince Eric. Like, he falls in love with a girl who doesn't say a single word to him. Uh, who's also who's 16. A, yeah, and he's, like, what, in his late 20s? Also, he thinks her name is Mildred for no reason. Yeah. That one that one weirded me out, too. There's Okay, I've got a lot of problems with Little Mermaid, but we're going we're gonna to keep moving forward. Anyways, Kyle. Conjure woodland beings, freedom of movement, grasping vine, locate creature, or stone skin. Which one stands out to you? Uh, I mean, conjure woodland beings sounds way more fun, but freedom of movement has the potential to fuck up a lot of encounters. Yes. Yeah. Um, for me, I, I love Conjure Woodland Beings, man. The Like, just the amount of weird fuckery you could get up with Faye. Yeah. Right? Especially Faye that are magically compelled to obey you. Yeah. I've, I, I gotta go with Freedom of Movement on this one. Just, when I'm a player, I don't want my options limited. So this, this could you imagine how happy Megan would be if she could get Freedom of Movement? Oh, yeah. literally everything that I ever send against her grapples. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay, so uh, next for the fifth level spells, uh, this is another small one. We got Commune with Nature, Conjure Volley, Swift Quiver, and Tree Stride. Okay? Um, commune with Nature, which allows you to know everything about the land within three miles of you, or 300 feet in caves. You learn up to three locations of water, creatures... Powerful celestials, fays, fiends, elementals, and undead within that three miles. Influence of other planes within that three miles. Or buildings within that three miles. Basically, you can uh, commune with nature to be able to determine the location of three things. It's like diet scry. Yeah, yeah right? Um, 
<laughs> Next is Conjure Volley, which is like Conjure Barrage, but even more arrows. You pull one arrow out and just create a shit ton of fucking arrows. 40 foot radius with a 20 foot high cylinder of arrows raining on whatever is underneath. Okay. This matches damage type of whatever you whatever arrow you use, and it must be non-magical to start the spell. Okay. Next is Swift Quiver, which use a bonus action to be able to attack twice with oh. a ranged attack from a specific quiver. What? No, sorry, I just got this Do you remember when we were talking about the Knoll Hunters? Yeah. And they've got those special arrows that pin you to the ground? Yep. That's not magical. No, it's not. So, ah, uh, that's, yeah, there we go. There's my answer. Okay. <laughs> Next is Swift Quiver, which allows you to use a bonus action to be able to attack twice with a ranged attack from a specific quiver as a bonus action for every turn up to a minute. Basically, this lets your ranger emulate a fighter for a minute. Yeah. Also, it's a good name for a porno. Swift Quiver? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just gonna let that sit. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's a great name for a porno about premature ejaculation. Well, you don't, you don't, it's, it's, it's not like you suddenly get a quiver. It's like the quiver itself is relatively small. Next is Tree Stride. Okay. <laughs> Next is Tree Stride, which allows you to walk and or teleport through two specific trees within 500 feet of each other for up to a minute. So you can just, you get a portal, essentially, but uh, it's trees? Yes, and you have to choose two specific trees, It's not, and they have to be within 500 feet of each other, okay? So uh, you can just bamf back and forth between those two trees. So it's like minute. teleportation circle. It's, it's no, it's more like uh, Misty Step, but bigger. Yeah, okay. Right? You, okay. you just walk through a tree to a different spot. Kyle, which one's your favorite? Um, I mean, Swift Quiver is pretty good. Conjure Volley, I f feel like, let's say I'm attacking a large creature, I should be doing, hitting it a whole bunch of times with the arrows, right? Oh, it does a shit ton. I think it's like 8d8 damage. Yeah, yeah, but you're level 17. 8d8 is good as a single action attack. Yeah, but I mean, like, let's say there's a medium-sized creature and then a huge-sized creature. I should be doing more damage to the huge creature than I should to the medium creature. You should play 3.5. Yeah. 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 Also, get out your protractor and compass because we're going to get real. Yeah. Dan? Um, commune with nature, man. Like the ability, at that list, being able to find within three miles of you the locations of any powerful celestial, fey, fiend, elemental, or undead. Right? Like, Do you know exactly where they are? Yeah, within three miles of you. Okay, that's pretty good. But I also I feel like it's you want to have an ex exploration heavy campaign. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, that you be... yeah, but that that just that just gives you the destination. You yeah. still have to get there. That doesn't let you get there, right? So yeah. I I see this is just removing a very frustrating step of like having to hunt them down. Like your princess is in another castle, right? It removes that. Okay, I got a question. Let's say there are five powerful celestials. Which three does it select? The three most powerful? The three closest? Um, DM discretion, I okay. would say. All right. Right? The it, it doesn't really say the three closest. Like, your character has to choose three things. They have to know the thing they're looking for? No, no. They don't. Okay. You do not have to know the thing you're looking for. It, Interesting. It, it's like a three-mile Doppler. Before I take this, I'm talking to my DM about exactly how it works. 
Because if I'm walking into the city of the undead, I know there are undead there, but I'm looking for the king of this, zombies this, or whatever. This is, this is more if I have a level 17 or higher pl- uh, ranger in my group, um, I will know he has this. This is something, as a DM, you need to be aware that your ranger has access to. Yeah, but I would still, as the ranger, I'd be clearing with the DM, how does this fucking work? Yeah. Um, for me, it's it's Contravalli. That's... That's fun. I don't know. Swift Quiver with the multiple attacks. You could attack at level 17 four times around. Yeah. It leads directly yeah. to the to the little death. Yeah. Is it concentration? No. Right? Uh, it is, I believe. Okay. Okay. So. Okay. So that's a player's handbook. Now, there are far more limited spell, uh, spell lists in the other books that have come out, right? So Xanathar's Guide to Everything, Dan. What did that give us? That gave us, uh, as first level spells, Absorb Elements, Beast Bond, Snare, and Zephyr Strike. As second level spell, you get Healing Spirit. Just the one. That's third, all you need. Third level spell, Flame Arrows. Fourth level spell, Guardian of Nature. And fifth level spells, Steel Wind Strike and Wrath of Nature. Sure. What do those do real quick? Okay. First level spell, Absorb Elements, which lets you absorb some elemental damage to gain resistance of that element and deal some elemental damage with your next melee hit, and it's specifically melee. But are you turning fire into fire damage? Pretty much. Or can you turn mm-hmm. it into cold damage? It's, no, you're turning fire into fire. Okay. Okay. That's not as useful as it sounds. And melee, you're a ranger. Yeah. Right? Um, next is Beast Bond, which lets you, for 10 minutes, to speak telepathically to a beast who will then communicate back to you with simple emotions or concepts, and also grants that beast advantage on some attacks to creatures within a range of you. That's fun if you're going to be one of those animal companion kind of peoples. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Also, first level spell, Snare, which you get to create a perpetual invisible magical trap with a 30-foot stretch of rope. There is no end to the duration. It's either if it's spelled or triggered. Those are the only ways that this spell uh, stops. Interesting. And it consumes 30 feet of rope. Interesting. Mm. Okay. Okay. And finally, Zephyr Strike. Which lets you piss off your DM and assassin rogues alike by, with a bonus action, not triggering opportunity attacks with movement, making your first weapon attack per round with advantage, dealing extra damage on that attack, and increase your movement speed by 30 feet as long as you make that attack for a full minute. What? This is not a first level spell. That is a second or third level spell. Yeah. It's so powerful. I used to, I, I pumped that. My Gloomstalker slash assassin ran Hunter's Mark plus this. Plus assassinate, and I was doing shit tons of damage. You straight up yeah. when when you turned bad, when you turned heal and killed. I turned on the party. Yeah, I straight up murdered one of the other player characters in, in turn one, yeah. in one round. Yeah, first round I just dropped one of them. Okay, uh, so we're gonna move on. Second level spell uh, you get here is healing spirit, which lets you create a special. Sorry, which lets you create a spectral. Healing assistant that you can move around uh, the battlefield and tell to heal things as a bonus action. Okay. Does a D6. It's not as much as Cure Wounds, but fuck is it useful. The, oh, yeah. the utility is amazing for this. Yeah. You can mm-hmm. put it over an unconscious character. Yeah. And it's healing. It's not temporary hit points. Yeah. You can pl- just plop it on top of your fighter who's just in the front row getting beat on, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, as a third level spell, you get Flame Arrows, which lets you make 12 of, sorry, we'll, we'll, which lets you make 12 of the arrows in a quiver deal some fire damage on top of the regular damage. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah, cool. Higher levels of the spell gives you more arrows that have third spell slot. Uh, third level. This is a third level. So at fourth you get uh, fourteen arrows, and at fifth you'd get fifteen arrows. Sure. Okay. I'm sorry. Fourth. I feel like those numbers don't quite sixteen arrows sorry. add up very well. Uh, sure. Well, it's twelve, fourteen, sixteen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that it's not worth it for the fifth level spell slot. No. Um, as a fourth level spell slot, you got Guardian of Nature. Which allows you to summon a spirit of a primal beast or great tree as a bonus action that then embodies you, like buffs you. The beast, the primal beast, will grant you movement speed, dark vision, and some melee slash strength buffs. While the tree will give you temporary hit points, aid your con saves, and let you make dexterity and wisdom attacks with advantage while also sprouting difficult terrain 15 feet around you for a minute. Concentration. So this is this is one or the other. One or the other. Okay. Okay. All right. What else we got? And now the fifth level spells: Steel Wind Strike, which is basically a limit break with a Buster Sword. You use a melee weapon to instantly strike up to five creatures for a potential sixty ten force damage, each hit with the added boon of teleporting within five feet of targets as you go. Okay. So you are just. Teleporting around, bump, 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 slashing shit. Yeah, yeah. Can you hit the same guy five times? It's unclear. So yes. Yeah. Right. So next you get I'm rapid. in front of you. I'm behind you. I'm beside you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But sixty ten every hit. Yeah. That's the only reason why I would be like, ah, eh, maybe not, because I'm not giving you thirty d ten. Yeah, and it's uh, yeah. See, that averages out at like thirty three um, points of damage, force damage. Yeah. Every hit. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah. Then again, level 17. Fifth mm-hmm. level spell, yeah. Uh, next is Wrath of Nature, which uses the power of nature to harry or harm foes in a 60-foot cube 120 feet away from you. Poof, you've got hair. Well, not wrong kind of hairy. Um, there are different effects based off the type of nature that's there for uh, undergrowth or grass, trees, roots and vines, and rocks. Okay, so... Uh, the undergrowth is basically, it becomes uh, difficult terrain, the trees do damage, the roots bind you, and the rocks uh, bind you, do damage, and is difficult terrain all at the same time. But less of each? Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Right? Okay. All right. So, grab your dice. I want to ask, which one of all of these Xanathars, what is what is the real thing? A 17. And a 16. 13. Well, we're all rolling high, but it's, uh, anyway, Dan, which one? Um, I, I hate that I that it is, but if I'm a player, I'm taking Zephyr Strikes. Absolutely, like yeah, that's, right. That's the right answer. Uh, but singular most powerful spell that Rangers get, in my opinion, Hunter's Mark for me is still it's a little bit better because Zephyr Strike kicks ass in the first round, but it gets less and less important at later rounds. Yeah, I would agree. And in an hour, right? And you can keep going. And yeah. you can change creatures. Zephyr Strike, you can't change. Well, it's not it's targets. not an hour. It's it's four minutes. And Zephyr Strike is a one-minute buff on yourself. Yeah. So your first attack every round, you hit with advantage that does additional damage yeah. for a full minute. Yeah. That's a ridiculously powerful spell for a first level. But and you no know, concentration. But no, it is concentration. Oh, it is concentration. Yeah. But okay. uh, you don't get that many. So you can't Hunter's Mark and that Zephyr no. Strike at the same time. No. No? No. No? Because they're both concentration. Hmm. And I was doing it wrong. Hmm. But you don't get that many spell slots. 
No, you don't. No. Right? So, I mean, you're going to blow this and then be out relatively quickly. Hunter's Mark is a gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. Anyway, um, honorable mention goes to Healing Word. Yes. Oh, healing, no, healing, healing, sorry, spirit. healing Spirit. Yeah. Like, I mean, come on. It's so fucking good. So. It was really good. I like the teleporting sword strikes. <laughs> uh, that's really flavorful, yeah. right? But, I mean. It's a lot of damage, too. Yeah. Okay, Dan, what did we get at uh, from Tasha's? Tasha's gives us Entangle, Searing Smite as first level spells, Aid, Enhance Ability, Gust of Wind, Magic Weapon, and Summon Beast as second level spells, Elemental Weapon, Meld into Stone, Revivify, and Summon Fey for third level spells, Dominate Beast, and Summon Elemental for fourth level spells, and Greater Restoration as a fifth level spell. Okay? Firstly, Entangle, why did it take Tasha's to finally get this to a ranger? It is a 20-foot square of grasping vegetation to restrain or slow down creatures. Was this printed somewhere else first or no? I don't know. Okay. Um, also, you get Searing Smite, which basically lets you hit a creature so hard they light on fire. Okay. Second level spells, you get Aid, which gives up to three people five temporary hit points per spell level for eight hours. No concentration. You get Enhance Ability, which, I mean, you basically know what this does. Boost the effectiveness of one of the core six abilities um, where multiple creatures can then be included with higher level spell slots. Okay, Gust of Wind is the next one down the line, which creates a line of strong wind to blow out campfires and propel boats or propel creatures 15 feet away from you, potentially over a cliff. I just remembered Entangle was a druid spell. Yes. It, but it wasn't on Rangers. Yes. But it was yeah. in the PHB. Yes. Yeah, series oversight. Anyways, yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt. Um, next, you get Magic Weapon, which gives you a plus one to your attack and damage on a weapon for an hour. It only works on non-magical weapons. Who okay. gives a shit? Yeah. Right? Uh, this does increase as you get higher levels. Like, you can give your weapon plus two or plus three yeah, higher spell levels. I'm Why gonna, am I wasting my spell slots? Yeah, I'm going to reiterate with who gives a shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, next is Summon Beast, which allows you to summon up to three types of beasts. Uh, that you can command with no action required by you. You can choose air, land, or water and flavor the beast based off of that stat block that's given to you from the spell. Okay. Okay? Yeah. At third level, you get elemental weapon, which lets you grant a weapon of your choice, a plus one to attack bonus, and a 1d4 extra elemental damage of the chosen elemental type, which then, of course, also grows with spell level. Sure. Okay. You get Meld into Stone, which allows you to gain the option to hide in stone for up to eight hours. Unfortunately, this doesn't let you move through the stone, but rather just become part of it. Uh, if you step out of the wall, the spell ends, but while in the wall, you can still cast spells on yourself, although you are completely unaware of anything going on outside of the wall, outside of the passage of time. So it's not even a good place to have a long rest. No. Yeah. If the rest of the party gets ambushed, you're just sitting there getting stoned. Yeah. This is where you go to hide and you're like, this is not my problem party. This was used to great effect in a uh, Tomb of Annihilation game that I played um, where the uh, one of the characters that had this disappeared into a wall while we were fighting a horde of undead because we had just pissed the character off. So he just melded into stone <laughs> and we all had to fight waves upon waves of undead while he just sat there pouting <laughs> well that just encourages problem fucking players then doesn't it yes yeah. <sighs> next is revivify which allows you to resurrect your freshly unnaturally deceased target okay um it must both be fresh and unnatural yeah okay 
Um, yeah, you can't bring up somebody from old age with Revivify. Yeah. Okay. Uh, also, for third level, you get Summon Fae, which is like Summon Beast, with, but with Fae creatures. So you get the Fuming, Mirthful, or Trixie types. Okay. Okay? Yeah. Fourth level, you get Dominate Beast, which allows you to completely dominate a beast for up to a minute. <laughs> Um, Do you put them in one of your pieces of furniture, Dan? One second. No, that's a bad kitty. This also lasts up to 10 minutes if you're a ranger. Like, it's, it's a minute for everybody else who's casting it, but it's 10 minutes for you. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, now, this animal will completely obey you, but gets new saves every time it's hit. Okay? Every time it takes uh, HP damage, it'll get a new wisdom save, but it will completely and 100% obey your uh, commands during this time. Like, even jump off a cliff commands? Yes. Well, then. Mm. Okay. Um, also, at fourth level, you get Summon Elemental, which allows you to summon Beast and... Uh, sorry. Which allows you to summon Elementals, a la Summon Beast and Fae. Sure. Okay. Finally, at fifth level, you get Greater Restoration, which lets you reduce exhaustion by one stage or remove a charmed or petrified condition, condition yeah. or a curse or an attunement to a cursed item or any reduction to an ability score or hit point maximum. Okay. Okay, 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 okay. okay. That's all the spells. <laughs> Which one do you guys like from that? Let's roll. 13. 3. 15. I'm just going first all over the place here. Um, Story of your life. <laughs> I really like Enhance Ability, uh, just for utility, especially cast at higher levels, where uh, if you have a party full of idiots who don't know how to use a Charisma check, um, you can mitigate it. If you have a bunch of people who have a bunch of heavy armor on them and thus are shit with stealth checks, cut that a little bit, right? Like, yeah, there's... Sure. I, but I can get that with Pass Without a Trace. Yes, like, you can. Yeah. You know and what? That's only one... Enhanceability is only one target. It uh, Higher spell levels, you do other targets. Okay. You, like, you get add targets onto it. Look, I wanted to say Gust of Wind. I really did because I really like Gust of Wind. However, Revivify. Fuck is that powerful. And like you get it. I know it's a third level spell and like you get it way earlier with clerics and druids as a half cast. You get it at ninth level and not fifth. But still that is tier two. You are revivifying. Yeah. That's so powerful. Revivify is one of the five or so spells in the entire game that is super, super, super under leveled. Kyle? Uh, The clear answer is meld into stone. Just so you can fuck your party over? Yeah, just so I can fuck them over. No, I would have to agree with you with Revivify. Yeah. Right? It's just... Bringing back people from the dead is very handy. But make sure you get your diamonds. Yeah. Hey, this is Adam, once again, asking everybody out there to send us your mailbag questions. As a peek behind the curtain, we start every single mailbag episode with 60 questions. They're arranged on three separate D20 tables, and three dungeon masters that are featured on the show select dice that correlate to each table and roll randomly to see what questions will come up. And then they absolutely 100% have to answer the question. We get questions from Reddit, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and through our email address at info at itsamimic.com. And you can reach out through any one of those platforms to hit us with any kind of question. Most of the questions that we're getting these days are through the subreddit r slash itsamimic. And I go in there fairly frequently to make sure that all of our tables are up to date. Now, because it's random, there are some very old questions that are still on the tables. For example, one that mentions Unearthed Arcana's version of 
the Astral Self Monk, even though it has now been printed in Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. We run a mailbag episode every three months or so on average, sometimes more frequently, sometimes less. It's a mimic, you never know what you're gonna get, and sometimes you get mailbag episodes. Normally when we decide to sit down and do it, we have replenished about three quarters of the questions because as we answer them, we cross them off the list. So that's 20 down every episode. And then we replenish just organically 15 new ones just from people reaching out at random throughout the time period between episodes. However, right now, as it stands, we have six empty slots for questions, which is why we reach out to see who's got a burning desire to hear us respond directly to you. And remember, we will answer anything. Some of the questions we have already are how to incorporate downtime when not in a town, what our favorite adventuring movies are and why, what to do with sentient toilets, spells for arcane tricksters, and there's also a request for romantic advice both in-game and in real life. According to the schedule, the hosts that will be on the next mailbag episode are Megan, Dave, and James. So have at her, feel free to go nuts, again on Reddit, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or through our email at info at itsamimic.com. You can check the show notes for links to every one of these. Okay, so we've talked about the spell list, all right? Let's get into the different class features, not subclasses. Remember, this is only about two-thirds of the story with any given ranger above third level. Yeah. Right? Because we're not going to talk about subclass features at all. Just the class features, the basic architecture of what a ranger is. And we're going to compare PHB against Tasha's Cauldron of Everything because it they give you a whole lot more. Tasha's Cauldron of Everything gives you one or two new um, unique, I think up to four, depending on the class, uh, unique things that you can do as variant rules. This now, however, for Rangers, is a massive rewrite. Yeah. So you can choose to go with the rewrite as a whole or bits and pieces of it as you go, and we'll talk about it as we go as well. But let's look at uh, Base Ranger, okay? You get your 1d10 hit dice, which is powerful. You are supposed to be a frontline fighter, yeah. even if you're ranged. You're supposed to get in the shit of things. You said before that, I mean, why would you get that? Because a melee uh, spell because you're ranged. Rangers are surprisingly effective with melee. Yeah. Um, mm. However, they're classically built to be ranged, right? It's in their name. Um, for, I think that is also what everybody expects them to be. So that's how everybody plays them. Yeah. For armor proficiencies, you get light armor, medium armor, and shields. I like they don't get heavy armor. Doesn't make sense for a ranger. No, it doesn't. Yeah. You get simple weapons and martial weapons, which is all weapons. So uh, thanks for that, guys. No tool proficiencies come standard. You can, I think, pick them up uh, with backgrounds instead. So I, I still think a base ranger should get herbalism kits, but that's just that's just me. Yeah. Uh, the, we'll we'll talk about kits another time. Okay. So um, saving throws, strength, and dex. It's pretty fucking fighty. Uh, yeah. Wait, they get three? No, the strength and dex. Oh, okay. So, just no things. wisdom, no con. No, uh, I know, right? But strength and dex. It's just pushing them to be diet fighter. Yeah. Right? So, and the skills are no surprise anywhere across the board here. Animal handling, athletics, insight, investigation, nature, perception, stealth, and survival. Choose three. Yeah. Completely makes sense. I, I like that it's choose three. Yeah, there's mm -hmm. not a misstep there. Then it gets into the actual um, class features. 
Dan, why don't you break us down for the player's handbook, and then I'll give us what the uh, the replacement is in Tasha's, and we'll talk about whether or not we like the replacement. So in the PHB, uh, the first one I want to cover is Natural Explorer. Um, that is, you get it at first level, it is basically favored terrain from previous editions. Um, in fact, later on, if it mentions a favored terrain, it's referring to the terrain you choose here. Um, you get to choose one general type of terrain, whether it's Arctic, coast, desert, forest, grassland, mountain, swamp, or underdark. Um, Where's my marshes and bogs? Swamps. Tundra. Yeah. Arctic. Prairies. Grassland. I don't like any of this. Are you just trying to stump it? <laughs> yeah, he, I don't know what he's trying <laughs> to do. Aquatic. Underwater. Coast. Underwater is not... I would do coast. I would not. This is my problem with The Little Mermaid all over again. I don't know if you can... A ranger having underwater... You don't these, think there could be Triton the same, rangers? The thing is, these, yeah, these, are, the could, same, these guess, are the same but... breakdowns that we had with uh, Circle of the Land Druids, right? Yes. Right? I, I mean, if you get too granular, granular with it, you're just playing 3.5. That's fair. Okay. So, but still, they're missing underwater. Underwater uh, should be its own thing. Uh, I mean, if they're going to separate uh, forest and, uh, or sorry, uh, mountain and underdark or whatever, right? Like, rarely are you on the surface of a mountain the entire time you're on a mountain. You will go into the mountain. Yeah, I but, like, uh, but underdark is different. Like, I think it should be underground and underdark. Those are very different fucking things. Yeah, yeah. A dungeon. And and the what is what is the radiation fog that's in the underdark? Yeah, like come on, guys. Anyways, anyways, anyways. Yeah. yeah. While you're in that terrain, you get to double your proficiency for any intelligence or wisdom based check pertaining to this terrain. And if you travel for more than an hour in that terrain, you get a couple boons. Natural, uh, sorry, difficult terrain doesn't hinder your group's movement. If you spend more than an hour moving in it, your group cannot be lost except by magic. You are always alert of any sort of danger while you are within your uh, favorite terrain. You, individually, can move stealthily and at full movement speed if you are within your move, uh, your favorite terrain. You can gain twice as much food when foraging when you're within your favorite terrain, which is important for uh, Tomb of Annihilation and when you're in Chult. And you know additional info when tracking creatures, including their number, their size, and how recently they passed through the area when you are within your favorite terrain. I just want to point out that that alert thing in your favorite terrain is bullshit because there's no mechanic given to that. That is DM discretion nonsense. Yeah, you are and just aware of danger. Yeah, it's not like you get the alert feet. It's not like you can't be surprised or they would say that. You're just kind of aware. You don't even have that shitty danger sense that barbarians get. Anyway, rant over. Yeah, that's everything. It scales at higher levels. Oh, yeah, at 6th at, uh, level and 10th uh, level, you get to choose an additional terrain. Yeah, so you so you get up to 3 as you go. Yeah. This is replaced by Deft Explorer. Now, this has, instead of that huge list of shit you get, you get one thing at first level. You choose one of your skill proficiencies, and your proficiency bonus is doubled for any ability check you make that uses the chosen skill. Also, you get two additional languages. Okay. That's it. And this is called canny. So there's, there's three levels. That's it. At sixth level, you get what's called roving, which gives you five additional movement speed. You gain a climbing speed and a swimming speed equal to your walking speed. Is this when you are within a favorite terrain or just in no, general? All the time. Because it replaces the favorite terrain yeah, yeah. feed, basically. Yeah. You, it, you're just a great explorer. That's all that this cool. is. Mm. And then at tenth level, you get tireless. 
Now, this one costs an action. It's not passive like the other ones are. Um, but you can give yourself temporary hit points equal to 1d8 plus your wisdom modifier to a minimum of one temporary hit point. Uh, and you can use this action a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus. And you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. Cool. Also, whenever you finish a short rest, you can uh, reduce your exhaustion level by one. Oh, that's useful. How often do you get exhaustion level? In though? my campaign? All the fucking yeah. time. Every other session. In my okay. campaign, all the fucking time. Yeah. Exhaustion is one of the biggest tools for a DM to use, in my opinion. All right. it's, but I think you're right, though, Kyle. It doesn't pop up in the published materials that often. Mm-hmm. But most homebrews will work it into... This is how you bypass some of the tankier shit out there. So yeah. yeah. You start to scare them with that. So, let's grab our dice and roll. Which one do you like better? Hey, natural one. Oh, oh I got 15. a nine. All right, so, Kyle. Uh, I think it honestly depends on what kind of campaign you're playing. I like both of them. I think they both have their strengths and weaknesses. Thematically, I think the one in the PHB fits better with my idea of a ranger. But I can understand why they would go with the Deft Explorer. Because so many people get rid of the exploration aspect of this game. There are so many things... Oh, sorry. <laughs> Jumping the gun. It's not my turn yet. Yeah. Um, honestly, I'm sitting down and I'm thinking of the published materials, uh, whether it is uh, Barovia or Chult or the Mad Mage or uh, any of these places. How often do you need three different terrains? Icewind Dale, right? Like, you end up in the one. Over and over and over and over and over again. That's that's the theme. Uh, yeah. So for homebrews, I'm leaning on the Tash's one, uh, and and for the for the um, maybe in Chult, maybe in Chult and Tomb of Annihilation, I would I would take the PHB. It's very campaign specific if you go with the base PHB version of this, um, which I would recommend against. No matter what you're playing, if you're playing a ranger, go with Depth Explorer. Because most of the boons you get with favored terrain, you can get in other ways as well. Yeah, that's true. Right? Uh, mm-hmm. Ghost of Saltmarsh should be good because you've got a lot of different terrains. A lot of coastal there. stuff yeah. there, yeah. It's more than just coastal, though. You'll get into jungle and shit as yep. well. So, yep. um, Okay, what do we have next, Dan? Next we have some favorite enemy, which also first level spell, uh, first level ability. Which is also a first level ability. You get a uh, particular set of skills versus a specific type of creature of your choice. Um, you gain advantage to track them or, and or to recall information about them. And you could also learn a language associated with them if they speak one at all. And it's the creature type that's listed like aberration, celestial. Yeah. That kind if of you thing. choose humanoid, you could choose two different types of more granular like gnoll and orc. Right? Uh, sure, okay. For your selection there. Yeah. But, I mean, you're not going to get that language bonus if you're doing oozes, for example. Uh, yeah, pretty much. So, okay. Um, we get Favored Foe, which sounds very, very similar. Um, and it's bullshit because they actually use the term Favored Enemy over and over again okay. in this breakdown, although it's supposed to replace Favored Enemy. It, thanks for making it clear, Wizards. You fucking written that fa- You could have said Favored Foe, but you... All right, now I'm pissed again. Anyways... <laughs> Before we get into that, you also need to know what the 20th level ranger ability is because favored foe stacks with it. Okay. All right. And that is foe slayer. At 20th level, on each one of your turns, you can add your wisdom modifier to the attack roll or the damage roll. Um, But it has to be against one of your favored enemies that you were talking about before, right? So um, you can choose this feature before or after a roll. 
but before any effects of the role are applied. So, favored foe specifically replaces favored enemy, but works with the foe slayer. So, this triggers when you hit a creature with an attack roll. At that point, you then mark the enemy for one minute or until you lose your concentration. So this is Hunter's Mark without the Hunter's Mark. The first time on each one of your turns that you hit it and deal damage to it, including the time that you mark it, you add 1d4. So keep in mind at level 20, you also add your wisdom and all that shit from the um, Foe Slayer as well. So you can use this feature to mark a favorite enemy a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, and you regain all of the stuff at, at the end of a short, or, uh, sorry, a long rest only. Um, the extra damage increases to 1d6 at 6th level and 1d8 at 14th level. Uh, what's interesting here is that this doesn't benefit you from stacking it onto one creature over and over and over again. Mark them once and then mark a different creature. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason for that is it says the first time on each of your turns that you hit the favored enemy and deal damage to it, you get to add 1d4. Okay. So... What do you guys think? Uh, who's going first? Kyle, which yeah. one? Do you, which one do you like? Favorite enemy or favorite foe? Favorite enemy. Favorite foe just feels overdone. Yeah, I mean, we have it addressed in essentially Hunter's Mark and uh, Zephyr. Zephyr Strike. Yeah. Zephyr Strike. Right. Like this, you're just you're tripling up on essentially the same ability, which feels boring to me. I kind of like the idea of your character like learning so much about a certain type of creature they become almost obsessed about it like flavorfully i like favorite enemy over favorite foe i'm going with favorite foe on this one i want that synergy i want it to double up i want to do shit tons of damage for a martial class that's not getting 12 freaking attacks in a round i'm looking for this i absolutely am um the favorite enemy is all well and good but again, it's campaign specific. What if you choose aberrations and you end up in Barovia? What then, if, like, then your DM's yeah. being a dick by not letting you change that. Yeah. Okay. Or you should talk to your DM before you even start. Yeah. Sure. But still, even in Storm King's Thunder, you're doing a lot of not fighting giants all the way through that campaign. You're going to pick Dragon in Rise of Tiamat and be sorely fucking disappointed. Yeah, but I mean, also, favorite enemy... Ranks up as well, right? Yeah, yeah, the same as, well. as it does for your favorite terrain. So you get another one at 6th level and uh, then a third at 10th. Yeah, I would rather do the extra damage, if I can be honest. I would lean toward favored foe if it wasn't for the fact that it requires concentration. There are so many different uh, uh, spells that rangers use that require concentration. This is a class ability that makes... It does not require concentration. It is as if you were concentrating on a spell. So it means you cannot concentrate on a different spell. If or it's until as you lose concentration. As if you were concentrating on the spell. Yeah, so you can't cast Hunter's Mark and that at the same time. Yeah, you have to maintain your mark on your favorite foes with your concentration, which means you're not casting Zephyr Strike, you're not casting Entangle. By using that ability, you are removing a vast amount of ammunition that a ranger has, whereas favorite enemy isn't concentration-based and is more flavorful in the fact that you get bonuses on the tracking and the, the following down. For me, it's favorite enemy every day. Yeah, and 1d4, woo! I, I mean, it scales up, right? But, I mean, it doesn't scale up enough, especially as a class, like you mentioned, that doesn't get a million attacks in a round. 
Mm. Right? Okay, so let's move on to the next thing that they get, which is fighting styles. <laughs> yeah, okay, so fighting styles, second level. Uh, you get martial, basically. Like, it, it, it just gives you a little bit more of a umph in the physical combat range of things, right? You can choose with the base PHP between archery, which gives you a plus two to your attack bonus with ranged attacks. Defense, which gives you plus one to AC as long as you're wearing armor. Dueling, which gives you plus two to damage when fighting with just one one-handed weapon or two weapon fighting which lets which lets you add your ability modifier to your bonus action secondary weapon attack sorry dueling is also a melee weapon yeah it has to be melee as well mm-hmm. yeah which one's your favorite i'm as a character to character for me i think archery is the best one Kyle? yeah i mean if i'm gonna play a ranger i'm probably gonna go with distance so archery but i mean if I plus, did play a melee one, I would go do one. Plus two to attack bonus. Yeah. It's a plus two to your attack bonus. When that's, we are, that's a 10% bump. Yeah. 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 When we're talking to a game that is so heavily structured and foundationalized by the... You say uh, foundationized? Foundationalized. Uh, that's still Even, not a fucking word. No, I know. Uh, by the uh, um, bounded accuracy of this, like... There's a very big reason why we don't have plus five Vorpal Swords in D&D 5e. What's mm-hmm. interesting, though, is and that, max out at 20. Is that yeah. monsters will get a plus seven, plus 13, plus 17 to hit in tier two. But you never really see AC go above like 22, 24. And those are like demigods that get that, right? So mm-hmm. that 10% holds true right, for a while. Yeah. Um, however, you get better shit in yeah. patches. And uh, I'm not even going to argue with you, with you guys about this one. Um, first of all, I'm going to go. I'm going to go in reverse alphabetical order. You get thrown weapon fighting. Um, sorry, archery is ranged weapons. Not every thrown weapon has the ranged uh, qualifier on it. A hand axe is not a ranged weapon. Okay, but a dart is. A sling is ranged. Right. However, thrown weapon fighting um, allows you to a draw any thrown weapon as part of the attack. Which means you can just throw twice with like your bonus action as well, right? Yeah. Anytime you attack with this, you draw and throw. Remember, you really only get one object interaction per turn otherwise. So this is big. Yeah. Um, and in addition, you get a plus two bonus to the damage roll, which is not as impressive as the 10% that archery gives you. Yeah, but a lot of the thrown weapons are low damage to begin with. That that compensates a little bit with it. Yeah, yeah. and if you're if you're throwing it three times, that's an additional six. Yep, not a no. D6, have, six. Have a lot of fun. Go Tavern Brawler with that guy. Just, we actually had this yeah, conversation last fighters episode. episode. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. um, the next one, uh, working backwards, is Druidic Warrior. You learn two cantrips of your choice from the Druid spell list. Um, and then whenever you gain a level in this class, you get to replace one of them with another. Yeah. It's a little... Womp womp, but nope. Rangers now get cantrips. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a player currently using this to great effect... By asking me questions like, uh, "Can I use Druidcraft on things if I uh, plant a seed under someone's skin oh. and force it to grow?" And I'm like, "You're a mother of two. Yeah, <laughs> bitch, you're not thinking about it. Get him to swallow it. Yeah. That's 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 roots she, for days, friends. She, oh, yeah. she has engineered a way by crazy rolls to put seeds on the tip of her arrows. By the way, I was not calling her a bitch. I'm calling Dan a bitch. Yeah, continue. Uh, she's put seeds on the tip of her arrows." So that when she shoots things, it implants seeds 
into their targets, and then she will use druid craft to grow the seeds inside of things. That is terrifying. Yeah, yeah. That is the I, kind of shit I expect from James. I, yeah. I, 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 she asked me if she could do that, and I'm like, who hurt you? Yeah. Anyway, speaking of the best one here, blind fighting. So blind fighting gives you blind sight within a range of 10 feet, and then within that range, you can see anything that isn't behind total cover. Let me say that again. You can see anything that isn't behind total cover. Even if you're blinded or in darkness. Yep. Now, that's not magical darkness. Just darkness. Just darkness. Mm. Uh, moreover, you can see an invisible creature within that range unless it hides from you successfully, right? Yeah. So, that's so fucking powerful. That's, I mean, that's the clear fucking winner, right? I mean, you're arranged. Uh, most people are picking up a bow and arrow, right? So that 10 feet is a little limiting for a ranger. Um, but, okay, Kyle, you're but first. Just, just, it, it fits so well. Okay, I disagreed with you on the last episode we did when we were talking about blind fighting. F- for the ranger, I just think it fits. It sh- it, like, just that like, is the character that should have. The of the surroundings yeah. and shit, yeah. But I also have a question about the mechanics. Because, I don't know, you can effectively see anything, but you still have to be looking at it, I assume. <laughs> it specifically doesn't say... In theory, you can see triggers for traps and shit. Uh, but things can still hide from you. Right. In that blind sight. So a trap trigger is I, I'm talking, essentially... I'm, I'm talking hidden. like a magical invisible... Yeah. yeah. So like if you're being scried upon with this, you would see the orb. Yeah. Yeah. Because that needs to be within 10 feet of you. So... I love blind sight. That's that's just the freaking best. So I like this because it's level two, but by level eighteen it becomes worthless. Right, except that um, uh, I'm going to jump ahead. You get martial versatility at fourth or every time that you get an ASI. Yeah, which allows you to swap your fighting style. Yeah, which I would definitely be taking advantage of at level sixteen because at level eighteen you get a base ranger ability that does this. Sure. Yeah. All right. Um, the, the other thing that you get at second level is a spellcasting focus, which is essentially a druidic focus, um, for your spellcasting. It's weird they didn't get one in the first place. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. feels like a strange thing. It just, just take this. Yeah. I, DMs don't make this a sticking point. Yeah. Give them a spellcasting focus. It's them and the paladins that didn't get it stock. And that's fucking weird. So anyway, um, Dan, what do you have at third level for us? At third level, you have primeval awareness, which lets you spend a spell slot to sense if any aberrations, celestials, dragons, elementals, fays, fiend, fays, fay, fiends, and undead are within one mile or six, if it's your favorite terrain, of you. So the really magical creatures out there. Yeah. Although I noticed monstrosities isn't on that list. Well, I think it's the things that are beyond the natural order. A supernatural creature. Yeah, right? Like extra planar creatures. Monstrosities Outsiders are... Outsiders in third yeah. edition speak, right? So, okay, all right, I'm with you. However, in Tasha's, you get instead primal awareness, which is through the interconnections of nature, you get additional spells. So at certain levels in the class, if you don't already know them, you get these spells. You can cast each one of them once per long rest without expending a spell slot. So... At third level, you get to speak with animals, so you just get to do that as a ranger. Once a day. Hmm. No, it's your spell list. Once a day, you can not spend a spell slot on it. Uh, At fifth level, you get beast sense, which is when you get to warg. At ninth level, you get to speak with plants. At thirteenth level, you get locate creature. And at seventeenth level, you get commune with nature. Okay, so 
you get to do these spells once per day without spending a spell slot. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. As a ranger, you're preparing your spells anyway. So you get these spells anyways at their level. This just lets you be able to cast them without using a spell slot. Right. Yeah, it so also you- adds them to your list. Right. Outside of... So you don't have to prepare them. Yeah. yeah. These yeah, spells okay, okay, don't yeah, yeah. count against the number of ranger spells you know. Okay, cool. So, which one do you like better, Kyle? The primal awareness. Yeah. Hands down. The extra spells. Yeah, extra spells, and I can cast it without expending a spell slot. Like, that's amazing. And, and that's actually the- how... I- I thought expanded spell lists worked at first when I first started playing, and I found out I was cheating for like two months. I just found out I was cheating as a ranger for like an entire campaign uh, yeah. in this episode. Anyway, so um, I don't apologize, Brad. Fuck you. So, and Tyler, if you're listening to this. Um, also, we have uh, um, every one of these spells is so thematically on point for rangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not a complaint in there, right? As a matter of fact, I think it was. Speak with plants and commune with nature. Those are the ones, Dan, that you liked the best, like you were choosing those. Yeah, my only thing is um, I prefer Primeval Awareness because it is such an iconic ranger ability in my mind. And you get those spells anyways if you choose to prepare them. So um, it doesn't quite count for me, really. Like it doesn't it doesn't balance out for me um, until you get commune with nature, which then does what Primeval Awareness does. But only to three potential targets. So uh, I prefer primeval awareness. I prefer the base ranger for this. I think it also is depends on what kind of campaign you're playing. Yeah, right. My only problem with primeval awareness is it depends on your favorite terrain. Which if you go primeval awareness and natural explorer, you're yeah, yeah you're losing a feature. You don't have a favorite terrain. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, sorry, deft explorer. Yes. Instead of the natural instead of natural explorer, explorer yeah. yeah. Um, I mentioned martial versatility, which comes in at fourth level. It's the first time you get an ASI, and of course you get it again at eighth, sixteenth. Uh, sorry, eighth, twelfth, sixteenth, and nineteenth levels, um, which is when you get to swap your fighting styles. Yep. Dan, what do we get at tenth level? At tenth level, we get hide in plain sight, which lets you spend a minute to use the surrounding nature to camouflage yourself into granting a plus ten to stealth checks, so long as you stay still. Boo. Yeah. No. As a DM, what do you make them roll? Just a like a extra dex check to see how still they're staying? Or do they have to surpass the stealth by a certain it's, amount? It's, no, it's, it's part of their stealth. You just raise the DC? No, right. I don't raise the DC even. I just, they get a plus 10 stealth. They get a plus 10 stealth. Yeah. I imagine they're pretty good at standing still. Like, it, it, it's, if you move five feet, I'm going to count that as movement. Yeah. But you could be standing in the spot and breathing and, and sure, I mean, you're not going to rustle. You are a 10th level ranger at this point. You're okay with standing still. You're you're a hunter by class. I'm absolutely not going to let you do shit, though. You don't get to use an action or a bonus action or anything else. Oh, yeah. You, you can do small little things, but you don't even get to draw a sword. Standing still means you do nothing. Mm-hmm. Stay put. You can sense, and that is all, right? So, And you can't even turn around. I'm going to be pretty hardcore with that standing still thing, because specifically called out in this feature... Therefore, it has to be a factor, right? Yeah. Also, you get it as a spell, right? Like, why? Why would you double up on it? Uh, yeah. I mean, you get you get the hide in. Uh, you get the. It's not hide in place. Pass without a trace. Pass without a trace. Right. Where you can do it to your whole party as a second level spell. As a second yeah. level spell. So. Well, all right. Try this on then. Nature's veil. This replaces the hide in plain sight feature. 
You draw on the powers of nature to hide yourself from view briefly. So what you're doing is using a bonus action and you magically become invisible. So it doesn't matter if you're still or not. Uh, this includes all of the equipment that you have as well as all the things you're wearing. And it lasts until the beginning of your next turn. You can do this a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus and it resets after a long rest. Yep. Ridiculous. The end of your next turn. So you get two start turns. Start of. Start of your next oh, turn. Oh, start of your next turn. Yep. Okay. Still. You'll notice you don't drop the invisibility if you attack or cast a spell. Yeah. Yep. That's the golden shit for me on this. That's that's what does it over hide in plain sight. Yeah. Uh, this is the one of the ones that hide in plain sight. Or sorry, uh, uh, this over no, hide in yeah, plain sight. Yeah, nature's day. veil. Hide in yeah. plain sight's garbage. All right. So you know, mix that with a rogue and you get your sneak attack damage. Oh, shit, yeah, right? Mm. Go, go for your bulk and get that one more time a day. <laughs> um, so, Dan, can you walk us through? There are a couple of the things in the player's handbook just to round out what a ranger looks like. Yeah, okay, so we, we skipped Landstride, which is at 8th level, uh, which is basically non-magical, difficult terrain, doesn't slow your movement, and cannot damage you at all, sure. ever. Yep. Um, it also gives you advantage on any saves uh, versus magical plant life made to... Like meant to impede your movement, mm-hmm. you're just you're you're good with that. It's not going to happen. You also get vanish, which at 14th level lets you hide as a bonus action, and you can't be tracked if unless you actually want to. Okay, just straight up can't. Finally, at 18th level, as I mentioned earlier before, you get feral senses, which is where you're not penalized for attacking invisible targets, as your enhanced senses let you suss them out. Okay. You are just aware of any invisible target within 30 feet of you, so long as you are not blinded, deafened, or they are also hidden and invisible. So, total cover Hmm. applies here, right? So, um, this is that uh, fighting style. Larger. This is 30-foot blind sense, is what this really truly is. Yeah, that's a great ability. Yeah, so, all rangers get that. Hmm. So, Kyle... Because you rolled highest before. I am usually at the top. Do these changes make the ranger a more viable option for players, in your opinion? Yeah. Yes and no. I mean... It Do you think it's a lateral you, movement? Yeah, it's a lateral movement. I mean, it gives you more adaptability, depending on a camp, whatever campaign you're playing. It gives you more options of how you're going to use a ranger or what style you want to go. But... Does it make it more of a viable option? No. What I think they should have done is they should have... There's too many abilities within the Ranger subclass. And they should have worked on making more impactful ones. Because there's just so much shit happening all the time. Yeah. Because, I mean, I have... I played with some people that get had, like, four abilities. And they would forget to use them. Dan and Indomitable. Yeah. Fuck. Fuck it. <laughs> I think I think I mentioned that actually last yeah, time. I, I have it written on the top of my character sheet <laughs> yeah. for that guy in big blue letters, just indomitable. Like it covers my character name and everything. It did fine. And I still forgot it. You should just change your character's name to indomitable. <laughs> <laughs> no, the very domitable. Yeah. yeah. Um I 100% like these almost across the board better than the shit in the PHP. It makes me do more stuff during the game instead of all the weird little passive bullshit walking through the woods nonsense that we got before because not every DM plays with that exploration pillar. And when everyone else in the party is a paladin or a bard or they just want to get to the next thing, they don't give a shit how much food you forged. Yeah, it's important, 
but it's a roll, and then you're on to the next thing. I got three lizards. Now it's six. Ha <laughs> right, Like, who gives a fuck? It will not be a thing you remember three years from now. Yeah. About how well you foraged or any of that shit. So, however, some of that stuff in Deft Explore will make a difference. Yeah. Um, I A lot of the weakness with Ranger came from Natural Explorer, right? And, yep. and um the 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 kind of shoehorning in with uh, they had some fairly weak subclasses as well, right? Oh, so, the hunter and the beastmaster, two of the worst out there, right? So, yeah, it's a very lateral move to me. I like natural explorer, and if I'm playing with a certain DM, then yes, I will probably take natural explorer. If I'm playing with a DM who I know is going to want to do that and like keeps track of carrying capacity and ammunition, right? That's the guy I'm going to make a natural explorer to. If it's a more combat tactics focused campaign, Deft Explorer any day, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I like what they've done with Ranger, um, but like I said, the problem with Ranger was never really the base class, in my opinion. The problem with Ranger was always the subclasses, and then they overcompensated with them, in my opinion, uh, in, in in some respects. But like they, the Gloomstalker need, and Horror Eyes, yeah, but they but all those are front loaded. And they needed to be to overcompensate yeah. because it was such a weak basic architecture, yeah. right? I think they should have gone with less ranger features and more subclass features. Well, the problem with that is how often the, the ranger archetype is built into the level progression on that table in the player's handbook. Yeah. yeah. Right? Because it'll say you get your ranger archetype or your conclave or whatever it is. Um, and and it, it builds from there, right? And so... They also want some things to just be standard, all rangers get it. And they couldn't come up with a way to have it be combat and animals and spells and terrain. Yeah. it was. There's so much they're trying to do with ranger mm-hmm. that, I, yeah, I feel like they... In previous editions, you had rangers going up against rogues as the most versatile class in the game. Yep. I think they attempted to do that with 5e and then didn't support the exploration pillar enough. Um to make rangers that yeah um also the concentration mechanic really hit the rangers hard whereas rogues don't give a fuck and i will say this again you can be if you are out there looking to do shit tons of damage as a ranged martial class you are further ahead being a fighter that takes the archery fighting style yes if you Mm. want to be a better explorer and still do a shit ton of damage but get a lot of the feel of a ranger it doesn't take much to take Scout, the rogue subclass, yeah. and then cross or multi-class over yeah. and pick up take, a couple of low-level things uh, for spells. Or take something. the Outlander background. Right. And and all you have to do is multi-class into Druid for either one of those options and bam, you're a ranger. Yeah. And potentially a better ranger than builds stock, right? Yeah. Um, but there's one clearly glaring omission in all of this shit. Um, and we're going to jump into it in just a moment. But first... Hey, everybody. So we would love to have you join the conversation with us. Uh, you can find us at Instagram, Facebook, and at r slash It's a Mimic on Reddit. We also would love to take mailbag questions. You can ask us literally anything, except for Adam, because apparently he doesn't want to take questions anymore. So, please... No, no, that, that's, that's accurate. I don't want to... I take so many questions <laughs> all of the time. But we will lit- answer literally anything. And I would love to have some questions because I like to feel like I'm famous. 
And it's okay if you specifically ask specific people specific questions. So if you want to specifically talk to Dan about the quality and texture of a scrotum, you can single him out. Now, others may jump in and, and have opinions. God knows Brad will. But... It, it fucks Brad me. does love so Terry. Yeah, I mean, we 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 know who the Scrope Bros are on this show, <laughs> but <laughs> we're gonna get the t-shirts made. <laughs> That's not no. Yeah, it's, it's just gonna have one and then the other, and like I, oh, I do no, no, two no. of a kind. I do have some <laughs> veto power. I just no, I do have some no, veto power. No, 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 I'm gonna make them dice bags. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> send us questions and send us dice bags that say scrote bros on them for Terry and or Brad. just look like scrotums or just look like scrotums yeah if you have any art suggestions for us you can definitely let us know uh, you, you can <laughs> time us, for a risky google yeah. <laughs> you can let us know at info at itsamimic.com or we also have a subreddit Instagram and Facebook and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So. Hit us up anywhere. Yeah. We yeah. are all over the place. I still check YouTube comments. Yeah. God, I still check YouTube comments. That, you're doing God's work. <laughs> that, that God is not present <laughs> on YouTube. I will tell you that right now. The God of what, yeah. Kyle? F- fuck. The devil? The devil's work? So, I'm going to quickly go over the Beastmaster from the PHP. It's basically the subclass you take when Find Familiar just isn't enough for you, and you find Dominate Beast to just be too mean. At level 3, you get Ranger's Companion, which allows you to choose your Beast Buddy. It must be a medium or smaller creature and have a C one quarter CR rating. On your turn, you can tell it to move, but unless you spend an action to direct it what to do, it only takes the dodge action. If it dies, you can spend eight hours bonding with a new beast that isn't hostile and meets the requirements. At seventh level, uh, you get exceptional training. If the beast doesn't attack on your turn, you can use a bonus action to get it to take the dash, dodge, disengage, or help action. And its attacks now count as magical for the sake of overcoming resistances to non-magical damage. Eleventh level gets you bestial fury, where it can now take two attacks when commanded to attack or use its multi-attack action if it has one. Finally, at 15th level, you get Share Spells, where if you target yourself with a spell and your beast is within 30 feet of you, it also receives the effect. Ooh. You can find deeper dive into this class if you're interested by checking out episode 42 on the YouTubes or other podcast apps. I just I just gotta say, with uh, the Share Spells, Zephyr Strike. Ooh. All right. Sure, but I mean, you're burning part of your turn for the beast to do his shit, and so I've already tuned out. Yeah. Again, when I'm a player, I want to do things, not be limited. So with with Beast uh, Master uh, Rangers, it is your action to command or your bonus action to command? So, yeah, it's your action if you want it to attack. You can tell it to move without using any sort of action. But if you want it to attack, you have to give up your action to make it attack for you. It specifically sits there in, um, and does nothing. It says you can use your action to verbally command it to take the action, dash, disengage, dodge, or help action. If you have the extra attack feature, you can make one weapon attack yourself and then command the beast to do the thing. Yeah. 
Who wants to give up that much? Especially when you have summon spells that like just yell at it and it does a thing, right? Mm-hmm. No action required. Yeah. So the Ranger's Companion sucks in the PHB. Yeah. Yeah. The Beastmaster is terrible here. Um, so in Tasha's, it gives us an alternate option uh, to the Ranger's Companion in an ability called Primal Companion, which uh, replaces it. Rather than bonding with a wild animal, uh, this time you instead draw on your connection to nature to summon a primal beast of the land, sea, or air, which Dan mentioned earlier. Which So they give you a spell for this ability, essentially, anyway. Yeah. Which, I don't know, doesn't sit well with me. But anyways, it will take an animal form of your choice, appropriate to the stat block, but will bear primal markings. No, no, no it's different. For the Beastmaster, they get these specific stat blocks. Yeah. For the spell, you don't choose from these stat blocks. You choose an animal that fits either a land animal or oh. a sea Well, no, no. You get a stat block with the spell. Right. That has... But it, but it is not nearly as powerful. No, not nearly. No, it, so it, 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 it is a super beefed up version. It, so. it is a wispy fart compared to these things. Okay. Uh, my mistake. Uh, so Th- There's so many fucking levels to this. That, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, it will take an animal form of your choice appropriate to the stat block, but will bear primal markings alluding to its mystical origins. Sure. I wish they explained what that meant. Like, does it mean they are covered in ethereal claw marks, or is it like cave drawings, or is it runes? Like, what is a primal mark? I I think you had so many people who played World of Warcraft for so long that they're used to the idea of, like, just your animal having, like, some feathers in a spot, or, like... A, a rune in its fur design or something yeah. like that, right? Yeah. Look, flavor it the way you want to. The reason they didn't get specific with it is because you do you. Yeah. It's just flavor, so do it the way you want to do it. Yeah. yeah. I um, do like how you get, pick whatever animal you want that fits to the land, sea, or air. Yeah. I mean, it still has to fit. The, like, you can't be like, this is my beast of the sea, my blue whale. It's still medium, y'all. Yeah. Like... <laughs> That's no, okay. It's a youngling, right? <laughs> but you're not restricted to the one quarter CR rating. Yeah, for what you can pick, right? You just have to go with whatever these options are here. Yeah. In combat, the creature uses your initiative, like the ranger's companion can, um, and it can move on its own and use its own reaction, but still only takes the dodge action unless you use a bonus action this time. That's better. Right, yeah. but remember, you needed to use an action to even get dodge. It stood there like a freaking dumb statue. No, it automatically takes dodge. This one does. The a PHB one doesn't. I'm pretty sure it does. No, it specifically listed dodge as the thing you have to say. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it says in the list, you can use your action to verbally command it. To move. To with attack. No required. Attack, dash, disengage, dodge, or help. Right? No, no, that, that's the second part. Okay, where is it? The beast obeys your commands as best it can. It takes its turn on your initiative. On your turn, you can verbally command the beast where to move. No action required by you. You can use your action to verbally command it to take the attack. To, where is it? I could have sworn I read it. It's with the spells. Your, are you thinking about summoning creatures? Because they automatically take the dodge action. Summoned creatures do. If you don't issue a command, the beast takes the dodge action. Where does it say that? Uh, bottom of the paragraph... Uh, bottom of the third, second paragraph, before if you are incapacitated. Once you have the extra attack feature, you can make one weapon attack yourself. I don't have that. Let's see what's in the water. Uh, yeah. 
Yes, removed from mine. When was yours published? Yeah. August 2014? No. 10th printing, October 2018. Uh, This is a first printing. Okay. So there you go. That Dodge shit was added in later. Yeah. Interesting. So... So, by default, in later editions, this is the second time we've stumbled upon this in, a, like, a different reprinting. I'm trying to remember what the first one was, but I... It was a while ago. Yeah, I raged in that episode about how stupid it was. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting, depending on the version of the player's handbook that you have, or if you're going off of D&D Beyond, you could have different information. So, double check on this. Um, the Beastmaster Ranger's Companion in the player's handbook, by stock, the original printing, said that if you did not command it with the action then it just stood there and did nothing but in we got errated and then in reprints it yeah they added the dodge so this will this will function like your spells do where if you don't tell it to do anything it's going to take the dodge action Mm -hmm. well what's interesting here is that um it's a little bit more in the uh in tasha's right it says if you're incapacitated the beast can take any action of its choice not just dodge Mm -hmm. right so this is a better version again in Ranger's Companion, in mine as well, though, it says if you're incapacitated, it can take any action of its own, but it's probably going to protect you and itself. Yeah, which makes sense. This, yeah. is, this is your nature's friend, right? So yeah. um, this is this animal, depending on what it is, depending on whether you're running the new Beastmaster Companion, which you should be. This is just yeah, generally absolutely. better. Yeah. These animals are far more powerful than whatever random CR... For- quarter yeah. creature you're going to pull out of your pants. And you can also command it with a bonus action rather than a full yeah, action. Yeah, but like these things are also just more powerful. They're, yeah. They've got more hit points, they've got more armor, they, they're just beefier. Yeah. And they and they, they scale... Special and Special abilities as well. They've got a really cool way of scaling too. It uses their... it's Like their AC is 13 plus a proficiency bonus. Cool, yeah. Right? So is your... It's your proficiency bonus. Theirs is the same as yours. Yeah. So as you get higher levels, their AC goes up and up and up. Yeah. Right? Um, up to a total of 19, which is what you want at high levels, right? So, so and there's all sorts of good shit about it scaling like that. And all three of the different kinds do that, right? Yeah. Yeah, they do. Um, I also like that you can revive it by expending a first level spell slot or higher. It takes a minute for it to come back. Rather than spending eight hours magically bonding with a new beast, because you first have to find the new beast to bond. Is it going to be the right one? Is it going to meet the requirements? Is it? Is there a time limit to that with the new beast commander? Uh, for for or this one, companion? at the end of a long rest, you summon a new one. Yeah. Okay. You can choose to summon a new one. Yeah. You can also use rests, um, short rests, to heal them up as well. Yeah. So. Um, so, is there a big difference between the three, land, sea, and sky? Uh, not a, a whole lot until you get to the actions. Uh, the beast of the sea and the land, they share the same health. Uh, hit die, AC, AC is shared between all three of them. Uh, stats are also the same between land and sea. So, their speed is different, obviously. Sky can fly, sea can swim, and, and land, land can, can climb. climb. Yeah. Yeah, there's a little bit of differences with the with the mechanic, like the numerical features here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right. Until you get into the features, yeah, it, it, there's not a big deal. But I mean, it's the features you would expect, right? Mm. Fly by for sky, um, amphibious for sea. Yeah, which seems a little weak compared to the others. But uh, but it gets a grapple ability. 
based on your spell save DC, which is pretty great when it attacks. Right, but ju- I'm talking just the feature, right? Flyby oh, yeah. doesn't, uh, like for a sky, the beast doesn't provoke opportunity attacks when it flies out of reach. Yeah. But amphibious just means you can breathe air and water. Like it's, you've, you've already had, you know what you're casting. Here it is, right? Yeah. And land it's gets, not really gets a feature. A it should come standard with a sea creature. Yeah, that, there should be something else in yeah. there. Um, because land has charge as well. So, like, it's attack shit for land and sky, but not for sea. Although, as we've said in previous episodes, aquatic shit is just more dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, the actions are, oh, they look pretty standard. Yeah, 1d8 plus 3 slashing damage plus your proficiency bonus for the land. 1d6 plus 2 uh, plus your proficiency bonus piercing or bludgeoning damage which is kind of fun for the sea so you can flavor it a little more and then 1d4 plus 3 slashing damage for the sky also plus your proficiency bonus yeah okay so fun yeah yeah i like these you know what's even better than this though is a sidekick which we also got in tashes and actually levels up and is way more powerful than these things and can be an animal you can just have it be a wolf. So you can have a wolf sidekick, a falcon beast of the sky companion for a beast master, and then summon all that crazy shit as well. You're, Take a couple of levels on Warlock, be packed with the chain, get another familiar. Oh yeah, you can you can be a little general that just drives at, everyone at the table nuts. At fourth level from one of them, grab a actual familiar. So you just have you have your familiar, you have your cult uh, packed of the chain. You have your animal companion, and you have your sidekick. Oh, yeah, great. Your GM will definitely hate you. No, actually, you know what? Here, if you want to do that, play a solo campaign. That is how you play a solo campaign. Yeah. That's Minions. not how I would play a solo campaign. No, I'm, uh, I'm going to no. be a bard and just get my fuck I'm on. only allowing that kind of shenanigan if it is a one-on-one campaign. Would you allow my bard shenanigans? No. Well, then fuck you and grab your dice. We're rolling. I rolled a nat 20. 15. 17. You know, it lasts with a 15, oh. Dan. Okay. Is this update enough to make the Beastmaster a more playable subclass? Fuck no. Sorry, it's not my turn. Adam? No. Yes. More playable, yes. Oh, more playable. Okay, yeah. Oh. Playable? No. <laughs> I'm still picking one of the others. More playable? Sure. Look, there will be some people that just are new. They want to have the Ranger experience. They want to try it out for the first time. They've read the player's handbook and they fall in love with it. And their DM says, oh... Hop on D&D Beyond and look at the optional variant features. Sure, fine. If you're going to commit to it, commit to it. Do your damnedest. You do you. I'm not going to say it's bad. Mm. I'm not going to play this class. No. I got way better options out there. This is, uh, of the like 105 classes or whatever ridiculous shit is out there, this is in the 90s for sure. Better than the Purple Dragon Knight from last episode. (laughs) The Purple Dragon Knight. (laughs) So hard. Oh my god. It is my least... Favorite subclass. Don't worry. Of all. That is a universal opinion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Kyle. Oh my god. More viable? More playable? Yes, obviously. It would uh, have to be. Yeah. <laughs> it's more flavor. It's got I've, more opportunities to do things. It's it's less stupid in its commands. <laughs> Honestly, this, but, this yeah, went from being the third worst subclass for me. To being oh, fifteenth worst, like it it bumped us up from F tier to E tier. Yeah, right. Yeah. You get a passing grade. It's a C minus. Yeah, say I, C's uh, get uh, degrees. Yeah. Yeah. I still wouldn't give this thing a passing grade. No, so not yeah. even. I'm honestly, you're right. Is it more? Is it improve? Is it an improvement over the PHP version? Yes. 
Is it still playable? No. Um, however, I know of a lot of players who want to start and get that ranger experience like you were saying, which is including an animal companion. Mm. And if I am to be completely honest, as a DM, I'm just giving you a sidekick and suggesting taking a different subclass. Yeah. If I'm going to be honest, this should have been baked into the base ranger class in the fucking first place. I agree. 100%. Mm-hmm. That's just me. Um, now, role-playing with an animal. How do you guys feel about it? It's not my turn. Yeah, it's you. I, I don't know, man. I role-play with every animal because I'm the fucking forever DM. So, like, I don't have a frame of reference on this. I can't think of the last time I was a player going, I really wish I could talk to dogs and shit, man. I'm the guy that's like, oh, you want to talk to dog? What breed? Uh, you guys can't see the jerk-off motion, but here it is. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Kyle. I mean, if we're going with this new... Yeah, updated subclass none, right? It it knows your languages, but it doesn't but I mean, speak, it, and it's a primal beast made of magic that I has would, no real thoughts. I, oh well, that's not quite true. I will tell you right now that this thing is is going to be at the very least as intelligent as whatever the the creature is. Uh, the, All of them have a negative intelligence. Yeah, but every beast has a negative intelligence. They're I've played several barbarians beast. that have negative intelligences. Yeah, um, let, yeah, I think... I, and do they have much interesting to say? Uh, okay. No, do not open that. Ah, do not open that, that can The answer to that question is definitely yes. All right, I will tell you this. Every one of them has a negative one, so they have eight to intelligence. That, my friend, is sentience. Oh, I've, 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 I've played creatures with far less intelligence than that. Shit, you yeah. are one. Oh. So... Rough. <laughs> that's the sound a dog makes, Dan. You learned something today. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> that's an expensive computer in front of you. Don't spit that beer out there, Kyle. <laughs> anyway, I believe there's absolutely role playing opportunities here. I have seen enough people in my own personal life that have pets that they 100% interact with, and these creatures are at least five times as smart as those pets. One of the highlights of our last campaign was. An animal companion. Oh, Zoltan? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you think about um, Zale with the little squid that lived in his... It, there's a miniature little squid that lived in his uh, eyeball. Yeah. He, he was a water genasi. No, there's, so, a wa- there's a comic like that where it's a sentient worm that lives inside, like, dead bodies. Yeah. And controls them. Like, it's a zombie controlled by a little worm that lives in its eye. I think it's called Wormwood. Yeah, that's absolutely what it is. Yeah. Which is a fantastic series, by the way. Yeah. But, uh, and... Yeah, there's absolutely opportunities for role-playing here. Uh, if you were stacking up sidekicks and animal companions and shit, do not make your DM play Dr. Doolittle. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Unless they've signed up for it. Like, talk to your DM. That's, that's what I have to say. Dan? Uh, my my response is like every single DM, and uh, there's no animal companion that I can't uh, make a go away for a session with Fireball. Sure, although these ones are going to last maybe to the second fireball. Okay, two fireballs. Yeah. Um, sure, I'm not going to go killing animal companions because that's a special level of cruel. I'm, I'm going to do that only when I can't help it. Like, for example, yeah, I'm, I'm, the I'm volcano not... is exploding and I you're mean, failing your saves. These are battle companions, right? Yeah, like, they, they are. are meant to be fighting with you side by side. Like you should really, in. you should really be playing with flanking rules if you're going to play a beastmaster. We should say that too. Yeah. Talk to your DM about the variant flanking rules that are in the DMG. Um, are there any final inspirations before we wrap up this long episode about a terrible class? 
remember you could give your pets gear. Yeah, barding exists. Well, barding exists, but also um, in, I think it's Xanathar's, I'm digging from memory right now, but there is a... Um, there is a, uh, slot checklist of what slots an animal can have for, like, magic items as well. Mm -hmm. And, and use for magical items. So, when you, when you are committing to the player character with their friendly furry friend off to the side, then look into what magical items you could give them. Um, I want... Circlet of human perfection. Well, it, it <laughs> the, the, I know that one is, yeah. <laughs> the the big one for me is if you have an animal companion, it if it was standing in a line with other animals of its type, it should be distinctive, it should be unique, it should have personality. It's, and if you are not offering personality as the beast hunter, uh, the beast master hunter, then ranger, or ranger it is going to I, see. I play World of Warcraft. Uh, the, it is going to be on the DM to do that, and that is just another perpetual player-inserted NPC that a DM has to manage, and that's too much. So if you are playing this, you have to do the legwork and have a unique personality. And I'm not saying your dog pisses on everybody's backpacks during a long rest. Don't be an antagonist, because I've seen that shit a lot. Yeah, right? absolutely. Like, you could... People will try to get fucky with this. Don't do that. Remember, yeah. collaborative storytelling. Yeah. This is not a contest. Exactly. So that's all for this discussion on Rangers for now. Uh, we've got a lot more ground to cover with lots of other classes and subclasses. So subscribe or follow and check back regularly to see what inspirations and insights we'll have for you in the future. Next week, we'll be exploring an often overlooked kind of enemy that DMs usually rely on more and more as they create homebrew worlds. Thanks for listening to another episode of the It's a Mimic podcast. If you'd like to support us, we have a donate button on our website at www.itsamimic.com, as well as a store for some awesome merch. We also rely on word of mouth to get the news of the podcast out to the community. So please pass the word to everyone that you know that we're available on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube, as well as most podcast apps. Thank you guys again for listening to the It's a Mimic podcast, where you never know what you're going to get. Also, check the editions of your books. This has been an It's a Mimic production. Inquiries, requests, and questions for our mailbags can be sent to info at itsamimic.com. Okay, so if you guys could take any wild animal, domesticate it, and then make it dog-sized, what would you take? That last little one threw me for a loop. I'm like, okay, I got it. Wait, make it dog-sized. Okay. I need clarity. The size of a dog varies wildly. A medium-sized dog. Let's say border collie size. Border collie size. Let's roll it. No, oh, thank you. Natural 20 for me. Shit. I, I got an 11. Right. All right. I was really hoping. So, peek behind the curtain. Whenever we roll these dice, sometimes we aren't prepared with an answer, and you <laughs> hope for a low roll so that other people can go first. Well, it's funny. You landed on a 20, and then Kyle hit you and let, knocked you back onto a 20. Yeah. So, this is yeah. fate. Dan, what is it? So, um... First animal that comes to mind. Three, two, one, go. Octopus. That's a pretty good answer, though. Yeah. Yeah. They're smart as fuck. They're dude. smart as fuck. The size of a dog would be terrifying. Aren't some but also they are pretty much the size of a dog. Oh, not so. the size of a border collie. Yeah, that's pretty oh. big. Yeah. All right. I... I an amoeba.
An amoeba. For the same reason. For the same reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Apparently, Adam and I both just like pseudopods. You're goddamn yeah. right I do. Uh, <laughs> I didn't think about going bigger. So now. <laughs> Blue whale. Yeah. I was thinking like taking a polar bear at first, but now, what is that thing that can survive basically anything? Oh, tardigrade. Tardigrade. Uh, oh, no, yeah. no, no, no. I watched Star Trek Discovery where they have one of those that's the size of an actual bear. Yeah. The water bear is the size of an actual bear, and it's fucking terrifying. So I don't want any part of it. Have you, like, the anus for a face aside, the claws on those things. Are you think a cat fucks up your curtains? Mm, no, no, man. No, thanks. Yeah. Well, I mean, how domesticated are we talking with these animals? Uh, it's like, not going to kill you. Are we talking animal companion or... Like, like dog or cat? Yeah, dog. Okay, so like legitimately friendly, and you can yell at it to stop, and it will. Yeah. Without oh yeah, then tardigrade would probably be okay. I mean, I guess dogs can make a fucking mess. That we have entire websites about shaming them for doing exactly the thing you want them not to do. So. Yeah, I mean, I just think it would be funny to have a tardigrade. I would actually want something fuzzy though, because I like an amoeba, a little silly and shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. <laughs> Adam just wants hairy tentacles. That's basically all it is. It's just Adam and his hairy tentacles. That's going to give me nightmares. <laughs> or dreams. <laughs> There's someone on Etsy selling kangaroo scrotum dice bags oh. with authentic kangaroo scrotums. Oh my god. I will give a direct shout out to anybody that sends one of those for Terry and Brad. Contact me for a fucking mailing address. All right, Kyle. The company... We should not give out mailing addresses. Oh no, we give a damn. It's fine. <laughs> one. Pardon? Two. <laughs> Two. The 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 company name is Kangaroo Sex. <laughs> I wish they did it with like one word. No, I wish that at the, I wish it was yak scrotum, so it could be yakety sax. Oh, that would be good. Oh my god, that is that's legit a scrotum you just showed me, Dan. Yeah, yeah. is that yours? That's somebody's. It's, I mean, it's I've got detached got a li- and lying on a yeah. table. I've so. got a library. Oh my god, I wish mine was detachable sometimes. <laughs> when, like Why? that full heat of summer. Oh my god, the yeah, we're not going to get into it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Brought to you by Manscaped. <laughs> <laughs> Take us away, Kyle. <laughs> Take us away from this shit. <coughs> Beer went down the wrong tube. Thanks for listening. Bye.